We go, we're on. We should be online now. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, we're online. Evening all. Hello. Good evening. Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. Very friendly. <laughs> that's that's the subject. The, these or, were or as, human beings. Or as, uh, or as uh, the, the Sex Pistols put it, God bless Ian Brady, God bless Myra Hindley, even though she's... Oh, fuck. What's the... What's the you know, you, you even must... though she's horrible. Horrible. And she's and what you call a lady. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love those two singles they did with Ronnie Biggs. I thought they were really sort of like, great. You know, like really sort of... Genuinely subversive. Or, so are we going to are we going to get to the to the musical influences from from the Moors Murder? Is that is that how we started then? Is it? I got a bit on that, but yeah, maybe we should start with the sort of uh, Brady, Ian Brady. He was a bit of a lad, weren't he, Ian Brady? See, the woo woo when it comes to this case just is just totally intertwined with it because he was adopted. As some people say, was he was adopted by a military family, and and his father was like un as remains unnamed and mysterious, as is often the case with these like mind controlled serial killer people. I've just realised something. Well, you know, Myra Hindley's mugshot. Yeah, her hairdo. It looks a lot like Jimmy Savile's. <laughs> I think Jimmy Savile copied her hairstyle. I'm not even joking about that. At some point, yeah, well, that sort of seventies period, Jimmy. Well, Sam, I'm yeah. thinking, like, yeah, it's, it's like color as well, isn't it? So, um, whilst like I'm going to do some old speculation, do you ever think like Myra Hendley and Jimmy Savile hung out together? You know, well, swapping well, yeah. notes. Because I mean, he ran he ran those uh, gangster run uh, discos in up north, didn't he? And it's quite possible that Ian and Brady and Myra Hendley went went to him. I think. Do you think he procured children for them? I don't know whether that was the other way round. I don't know. Sort of. Hmm. 
Because, I mean, it's all it's all very strange, isn't it? Like, when you get, like, Fred West and, and, and his horrible wife or whatever she was. I mean, they had their house wired for sound, didn't they? So they were, they were at least making audio recordings of what was going on there. So I imagine they, they were doing video as well. Well, Jeffrey Epstein, he um, liked to uh, yeah. have his his play palace um, wired for sound and video. Well, there is there is also the the Moors the Moors murders recorded there the, when they were tortured yeah. and killed the kids, didn't they? It's all it's all on a tape. That's what I found isn't it? That's Oh, they I were they were child killers. Yeah. yeah. That's okay, what I, I, I never um, read about the details of their crimes. I just knew they were murderers. Yeah, I suspect they probably had something to do with Jimmy Savile then. That's why. Well, should we start hmm. with um, some facts, shall we? Oh, just do we have to start with a facts? <laughs> Gordon just... Ben Shapiro. <laughs> facts don't care about your Can I just say before, before, before I no, forget? No, you don't. <laughs> Before I forget, you know that like, I'm saying it's my autism. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I gotta get this in before I forget. Like Ian Brady, yeah, they recorded, they recorded at least one of the murders. But uh, is, interestingly, it Pauline, is it Pauline Reed's? Isn't it? I think. I think that was Leslie Ann Down. The oh, one with Les- the little yes, Leslie, yeah, Leslie tape. Yeah, the famous tape. But interestingly, like cine film was never mentioned throughout the whole case, and I thought. If he, if Brady was really into photography, which he was, surely he'd have a cine camera. Uh, is there any evidence he had one? Because that would have been quite an expensive item, though, wouldn't it? Well, 1964, 1967. I suppose they were they were available at least. I don't know how much they were. I think you had to be quite a middle class family to have one of those, though, didn't you? Probably a bit pricey, yeah. Mm. I mean, he might have just nicked one, mightn't he, if he's in Brady? Yeah, it's just curious. That's not that's not mentioned. Like, photographs were, but yeah. Well, go on and go on with the facts. Yeah. Uh, right. So we'll start with we'll, we'll get the mur- we'll get the murders out of the way, and then we can start talking about some get get caught in some woo woo. Um, right. So on the twelfth of July, nineteen sixty-three, Brady told. Sorry, this is Pauline Reed's murder. Um, so. 12th of July 1963, Brady told Hindley that he wanted to commit the perfect murder. After work, he instructed her to drive a borrowed van around while he followed on his motorcycle. Then he spotted a likely victim. He would flash his headlights. Uh, driving down Gorton Lane, Brady saw a young girl and sig- signalled Hindley, who, did not, who however did not stop because she recognised the girl as an eight-year-old neighbour of her mother. Sometime, back, sometime after 7.30 on Froxmer Street, Brady singled Hindley signalled Hindley to stop for a 16-year-old Pauline Reed, a schoolmate of Myra's sister Maureen, on her way to a dance. Hindley offered Reed a lift. At various times, various times Hindley gave conflicting statements about the extent to which she versus Brady was responsible for Reed being there, selected as their first victim. But she felt that there would be less attention given to the disappearance of a teenager than a missing 8-year-old. So this was the thing, because they turned on each other, didn't they, once they were arrested? Yeah... That's very odd, very odd, yeah. very odd uh, relationship. Yeah. So what's they're totally re- in love, and yeah, totally in love, and then they're slagging each other off. Oh. I don't think they were ever in love. I, I, I think he was under her control. I, I think she was the brains of the operation. Was it a codependent relationship? I think you can see in them in that in those mug shots that she's the fucking evil one, isn't she? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like she's was- like the fucking. 
just evil, isn't she? Like, fucking hell. To coin, to coin a ga- ga- Cockney, ga- Cockney gangster flick, flick, he looks like a bit of a muggy cunt, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he looks evil, does he? Um, he just looks like a cunt. She does. No, she does look fucking evil, yeah. Mm. With a Jimmy Savile haircut. I mean, she, she's not who is she, really? Once you've seen the Jimmy Savile haircut, you can't unsee it, can you? So anyway, it once is. Reed was in the van, Hindley asked her help in searching Saddleworth Moor for an expensive lost glove. Reed agreed, and they drove there. When Brady arrived on his motorcycle, Hindley told Reed that he would be helping in the search. Hindley later claimed that she waited in the van while Brady took Reed onto the moor. Brady returned alone after 30 minutes and took Hindley to the spot where Lee- Reed lay dying. Reed- Reed's clothes were in disarray and she'd been nearly decapitated by two cuts to the throat, including a four-inch incision across her voice box, inflicted with considerable force, and into which the collar of her coat and throat chain had been pushed. When Hindley asked Brady whether he had raped Reed, Brady replied, of course I did. Hindley stayed with Reed while Brady retrieved a spade he had hidden nearby on a previous visit, then returned to the van while Brady buried Reed. In Brady's account, Hindley uh, was not only present for the attack, but participated in the sexual assault. Um, I, I believe that, yeah. Yikes. This makes me feel uncomfortable. Oh, God, I said the Y word. That's how uncomfortable I am. The, 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 these things you're telling me make me say the word I, what makes me cringe. Well, there's a, re- there's a reason they call her the most evil evil woman in Britain, in England, isn't there? So, uh, because so. she came around before Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> so, <laughs> Thatch. Um, so, this is the 12th of July. Um, next one is John Kilbride on the 23rd of November. So, they're doing one about every couple of months now, aren't they? Yeah, that's very... So, John Kilbride, on the, in the early evening of 23rd of November 1963, at a market in ashton Underline, Brady and Hindley offered 12-year-old John Kilbride a lift home, saying his parents might worry that he was out so late. They also pro- pro- promised him a bottle of sherry. Uh, yeah, because... Yeah, every... a bit weird. Because 12-year-old kids love sherry, don't they? <laughs> Once Kilbride was in inside Hindley's high Mind port- you, I mean, kids like any sort of booze they can get their hands on. I remember there was this fit. There's this meme where like this this kid says, "Oh, uh, I'll have a drink of hard whiskey." You, you know, Americans have hard cider as opposed to apple juice, oh, okay. which is what they call cider. Yeah. So once Kilbride was inside Hindley's hired Ford Anglia car, Brady said he would have to make a detour to their home for for the sherry. Well, en route, he suggested another detour, this time to search for a glove Hindley had lost on the moor. So this is their um, MO then, isn't it? The lost glove. When they reached the moor, Brady took Kilbride with him while Hindley waited in the car. Brady sexually assaulted Kilbride and tried to... <coughs> Excuse me. Tried to slit his throat with a six-inch serrated blade before strangling him with a shoelace or string. Don't you find it a bit weird how like they he like so hard that he pushes it all the way through, but then the next time he can't slit the throat even. Yeah, I don't know. I just find the name a bit odd, isn't it? Like Kilbride. Come on. It's got my cabalistic spider sense going, but yeah, odd. <laughs> 
So what dates have we got here? So we've got the 12th of July. That's not that significant, is it? But you also... 23rd <coughs> of November. Excuse me. 23rd comes up a lot. Yeah. Uh, 23. Do you remember that awful Jim Carrey film? That was the number 23. Yeah. Yeah, it comes up a lot in uh, these things. 23. Yeah. YouTube recommended me a deleted scene from the Truman Show the other day. <laughs> and... Uh, he, he, he's looking down at his ring, which is a hidden camera, and it just made me think about, oh, yeah, Jimmy Savile liked to have rings made from glass eyes of cadavers. Yeah, that's really funny. I mentioned Jimmy Savile because, again, I'm, just, I'm looking at Myra Hindley and just like, yeah, these, the, these people were buddy buddies. I'm convinced of it, yeah. I think there's just like a secret cult. That does all this, and they, they all know each other. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's like that meme, you know, when Sam Hyde picks up an apple and goes, "You pick up an apple and make you think yourself, hmm, the world is run by child raping satanists." Yeah. It's just people with people with the same interests. They seem to gravitate towards each other, don't they, and just form groups. And I, I think probably that... because they're like they talk to each other. And it's like, hmm, I want access to children so I can rape and murder them. I do too. Come join yeah. my secret club. So ne does. next one is um, Keith Bennett. Keith Bennett was never found, was he? Uh, zero. Nah. He's the only one he wasn't found. Yeah. Poor old, poor old. I feel like I feel so sorry for Winnie, don't you? Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty brutal, isn't it? She literally like. Every, I think like her life stopped, didn't it? The day after that. She'd go out digging on the moors looking for him, didn't she? With her yeah. mates and that. Yeah, it's just. Oh. I was thinking, like, a mate of mine told me once that, like, what if you, like, took some magic mushrooms on Saddleworth, Saddle, what is it? Saddleworth Moor Saddleworth that Moore. had, like, been fertilised by the dead bodies of these, like, sacrificed children. Wouldn't you have a yes, weird trip? Yes, because I like to pay money to have a really unpleasant experience. Yeah, wouldn't that be a <laughs> weird trip? That's why I go to Butlins. <laughs> Jesus Christ, oh, that's I a went... deep, dark thought, mate. I went to Butlins once. <laughs> oh, yeah, I went to Butlins once. He says after, it's like, hey, let's do some magic mushrooms growing corpses of murder victims. <laughs> I, I tell you what, that would probably make a good um, like song for a uh, death metal band. Or a horror film or something, yeah. Well, horror, death metal. So, next one is Keith Bennett, 16th of June. So, that's 1606, isn't it? 1964. Um, 16th of June 1964 Hindley asked 12 year old Keith Bennett who was on his way to his grandmother's house in Longsight Manchester for help loading some boxes in a mini uh, a mini pickup after which she said she'd drive him home Brady was in the back of the van she drove on a lay by to uh, she drove on she drove to a lay by in Saddlemouth with Moore and Brady went off with Bennett supposedly looking for the lost glove after 30 minutes, Brady returned alone, carrying a spade he'd hidden there earlier, and in response to Hindley's questions, said he had sexually assaulted Bennett and strangled him with a piece of string. This sounds like bullshit to me. That she just, just used like... to sit. That she just used to sit in the car. Yeah, it just reminds me of like the banality of evil, doesn't it? I mean, it's so, it's so sort of yeah. tawdry, just so like, oh god. 
But it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, that shows what a piece of shit she is. She won't even own up to her fucking crimes, will she? Because nah. later on, we'll talk about that fucking sick bastard judge that tried to keep, kept trying to get her out, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, he used to See, this, that that that, uh, that judge thing is the reason that I think that she was the um, she was the puppeteer because she can obviously wrap wrap weak men around a around a finger. Yeah. Can't she? it just seems it just seems to me that she can she can express all of that power while she's inside. Yeah, she was just poor and helpless, and Ian Brady did it all. It just it, just, yeah. it doesn't add up, does it? You Did... ever have you ever heard that term simping, like simping for women? Mm. Mm. I think this is a real problem in the world because there's like men who will just like refuse to believe that women shit and women do evil things. They, they go to the toilet to powder themselves. She did it on a like fellow prisoners as well because I thought like nonces in prison got beaten up but when 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 she went to prison that's like all the fellow prisoners they couldn't wait to like rip her knickers off you know they all what a snogger you know it's like very she had a, she certainly had some sort of power over people mm, i'm not seeing what they're seeing but maybe i just don't go for bunny boilers it's uh Ugh. It just seems to be the male version of "Oh, I can change him." Doesn't it? <laughs> yes, he's all right, really. He's a good bloke. Yeah. He's a good band deep down. I can change him. He won't always be like. He won't always beat the shit out of me. I, I think there's, there's something about women, and I don't understand this, but like um, serial killers like Charlie Manson and Ted Bundy get loads of love letters from mm. women. And one of the things, one of the most researched facts from, and uh, the bloke at work had a hard time understanding this because he's like, oh, this girl on Tinder, she's asked me how tall are you? It's like, immediate, let me respond to ask her how fat she is. And <laughs> because it's like, well, if you're asking how tall you are, you know, it's like, all right, you can ask me some physical attributes. But women will search, the most searchable facts about serial killers is their height. Because it's women going like, is he high? Is he tall enough that I can let him impregnate me? And they send them knickers and everything. Well, Ed, Ed Kemper, They're disgusting. I don't, I don't think he ever got married. Though, did he? <laughs> What's that, Ted Bundy? Ed, no, Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper was about like six foot seven or something, weren't he? Or six foot nine even. Mm. Like, he was like freakishly tall. Ed Kemper was. Who was that actor who played Lurch? I don't know. Wrong. Uh, right. So next we've got Leslie Ann Downey. Um, if we wick, if we if we if we bang through these, then we haven't got to talk about the fucking deaths anymore. Is my is my opinion. Um, Brady yeah, Hindley. Liz, Leslie Ann Downey. This is this is like the worst one, even though they don't actually say a lot of it. Uh, Brady and Hindley visited a fairground on 26th of December 1964 and the 10-year-old Leslie Ann Downey was apparently alone. They approached, they approached her and deliberately dropped some shopping they were carrying and then asked her to help in taking the packages to their car and then their home. This is a Ted Bundy thing, isn't it? Because he used to wear the uh, cast on his arm and ask people to help him yeah. get stuff to the car. Uh, at the house, Downey was undressed, gagged and forced to pose for photographs before being raped and killed, perhaps strangled with a piece of string. Hindley later maintained she went to fill a bath for Downey and found her dead when she... Fucking bitch. 
That's, oh, oh no, another one's dead. It's not my fault, is it? It's, 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 it seems to be. Oh, I, went, I was in the car. I didn't know what was going on. I went to fill a bath. I didn't know what was going on. It's fucking. Who's gonna? Who really? Is gonna buy that shit? I wouldn't be surprised mm, if she was the. I wouldn't be surprised if she was the. Yeah, that judge, she was that the judge did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brady claimed that Hindley killed Downey. The following morning, Brady and Hindley drove to, drove to drove Downey's body to Saddleworth Moor and buried her naked with her clothes at her feet in a shallow grave. Is that some sort of ritual thing, uh, do you think? They buried her I naked think, think that, and her clothes uh, yeah. at her feet. I think the Leslie Downing killing was the first actual ritual killing, I think, because she was snatched at the winter solstice, weren't she? And, and uh, that's the first time they really... I think that was the first one they taped and that and uh and sort of afterwards that that photo uh, of her shortly with after it was, the, it was boxing day 64 yeah well that, like that photo of her gagged has like been published in books and that tape the transcript of the tape is in lots of books as well and yeah I, think I, don't, I don't think i should be reading done, that one out of this episode it's been it's been done on purpose i think to trigger other serial killers mm. or to to get people to copycat it i think that lurid detail Mm, this is starting to remind me of a stripper went by the name of Nero Soup. Um, she uh, tortured uh, uh, a man who sort of fell for her. Um, yeah. Oh, it's the uh, it's the magic number again, isn't it? The five murders. So last one is yeah. Edward Evans on the on the evening of sixth of October, nineteen sixty five. Hindi drove Bradley to Brady to Manchester Central Railway Station where she waited outside the car whilst she selected a victim. After a few minutes, Brady reappeared in the company of 17-year-old Edward Evans, an apprentice engineer who lived in Ardwick, who he, who he introduced to Hindley as his sister. They drove, Brad drove to Brady and Hindley's home at Wardlebrook Avenue, Hattersley, Cheshire, where they relaxed over a bottle of wine. At some point, Brady sent Hindley to fetch David's... Yeah, this is where it came apart, wasn't it? Yeah. Brady sent Hindley to, to fetch David Smith, the husband of Hindley's younger sister, Maureen. The Hindley family had not approved of Maureen's marriage to Smith, who had several com criminal convictions, while including actual bodily harm, housebreaking, first of which wounded in tent occurred when he was 11. Throughout the previous year, Brady had been cultivating a friendship with Smith, who had become in awe of Brady, something that increasingly worried Hindley as, as she felt it compromised their safety. Which I think is probably bullshit. She probably cultivated it, didn't she? Yeah, he was, David Smith was their apprentice. You know, he was like their sort of like acolyte. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so Hindi returned with Smith, told him to wait outside for a signal and a flashing light. Signal came. Smith knocked on the door. Was met by Brady, who asked if he'd come for the miniature wine bottles, and left him in the kitchen, saying he was going to collect the wine. Smith later told the police. I waited about a minute or two, and then suddenly I heard a hell of a scream. It sounded like a woman, really high-pitched. Then the screams carried on, one after the other, really loud. Then I heard Myra shout, Dave, help him, very loud. When I ran in, I stood just inside the living room and saw a young lad. He was lying with his head, head and shoulders on the couch, and his legs were on the floor. He was facing upwards. Ian was standing over him, facing him, with his legs on either side of the young lad's legs. And the lad was still screaming. Ian had a hatchet in his hand. He was holding it above his head. And he hit the lad on the left side of his head with the hatchet. I heard the blow. It was a terrible, hard blow. It sounded horrible. Smith then watched Brady throttle Evans with an electrical cord. 
Brady sprained his ankle in the struggle. Evans' body was too heavy for Smith to carry to the car on his own, so they wrapped it in plastic sheeting and put it in the spare bedroom. So that's their that's their fifth and final murder. Yeah, I was so sordid because because like that the house where they did that that was where they were living. That was that was uh, Myra Hindley's grandmother's house. So like while that's going on, like they used to drug her with like Nembutal sleeping tablets, so so she'd like be knocked out. So they're doing that with her grandmother, like sleeping in the room upstairs, just just really fucking gruesome. And Brady had threatened to like throw throw the grand throw Hindley's grandmother down the stairs to sort of control her. And that was just oh, Jesus like, Christ, just awful. Yeah. So settle. Do you, want, do you want to go Hence on to the investigation, or you got some more to say? Oh, I'm, I'm reading the chat. I'm getting distracted by it. Yeah. I ain't read the Hence chat. Hence speech knows chat. about um, NeuroSoup, which I'm talking about. Apparently, it wasn't her. It was her boyfriend that manufactured LSD. I'm like, no, nah, she was complicit in it. She's another Myra Hendley. That fucking bitch needs to be locked up. Who's that? Oh, uh, there's this uh, weird couple... Um, Neuro soup. Um, it's probably worth doing another fourteen times about it. Her boyfriend was responsible for manufacturing a, a large quantity of LSD. Probably did the world supply for a while, and they. Uh, she seduced this this man, and she and her boyfriend were torturing him. Is that it? You're done. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be a bit longer than that. <laughs> oh no, there's there's more to it. Uh, the, the story's been going on for quite some time. I'm going to have to do some research if we decide to do it. I'm, I have to yeah, go on the uh, it in the true the true crime episodes are pretty popular. So uh, I don't like true crime. <laughs> it's a bit too grisly for you. Well, you know, it's it's unpleasant. I um I. Yeah, I, I find it... Look at, look at the kid gloves she gets treated with. So this is the invest, initial investigation. Though Hindley was not initially arrested, she demanded to go with Brady to the police station, taking her dog. She refused to make any statement about Evan's death beyond claiming it had been an accident and was allowed to go home on the condition that she returned the next day. What the fuck is it with this woman? Over the next yeah. four days, Hindley Lord visited her employer and asked to be dismissed so that she would be eligible for unemployment benefit. On one of these occasions, Hindley found an envelope belonging to Brady, which she burned in an ashtray. She claimed she did not open it, but believed it contained plans for bank robberies. I mean, on the 11th of October, she too was arrested and taken into custody, being charged as an accessory to the murder of Edward Evans and was remanded at Risley. The fucking boy, what what has this bitch got about her? Maybe she had stuff, had stuff on people, you know. That's, that's, that's the way it goes, isn't it? So. I mean, I suspect she did. I got a feeling that she took a note out of Jimmy Savile's book and was like, uh, you know, "I got all this dirt on people." You probably prostituted her, right? I think to sort of like big wigs or, or, or whoever pays for such services, and yeah, got some dirt on them. I don't know. I think I, don't, I think she probably prostituted herself for it because she 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 soon she soon had that judge wrap wrap round her finger, didn't she? Yeah, well they they were well into the sort of kinky sex scene, like taking photos of each other and that. They were both bisexual, and 
Yeah, because there's not Who they don't say much about Brady, but Brady was um, he had a deep fascination with Nazi Germany. Oh God! Mm. He also developed a keen interest in the writings of Marquis de Sade and, and Nietzsche, uh, focusing God, particular so, attention so, on Nietzsche's theories of the of the Ubermensch. I've got a deep interest in the Marquis de Sade and Nietzsche. <laughs> oh, God. Let's hope you don't get a girlfriend then. <laughs> I don't want to do a Nancy Sponge or something. Nancy Sponge. Now, Marquis de Sade's great, I think. Like, I mean, I didn't turn him into a serial. I've got loads of his books. I think they're very interesting. So. He did I enjoy his French on? fancies. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, all, it's, not, it's not all sort of pervy degeneracy. It's very sort of philosophical. You just sort of like, he's taken the piss really out of like the moors. I suppose it is degenerate actually. Now I think about it, but yeah, he just yeah, yeah. He, he's just like I said. You, you know, you must have met these people. They just they're just total nihilists, aren't they? They just don't care about anything apart from like instant gratification. Yeah, oh, there's a bit more to him than that, but yeah. So basically, um, I'll spin through this. So the police search, searched Wardlebrook Avenue, which is, I assume, is that the grandmother's house, is it? Yeah. Uh, they found an exercise book with the name John Kilbride. So they're obviously keeping keeping trophies there, weren't they? Um, so Brady Brady gave him a cock and bull story about how, how he died, how, how uh, Evans died. Smith said that Brady had asked in return anything incriminating, such as dodgy books, which Brady then packed into suitcases. He had no no idea what else the suitcase had contained or where they might be, though. He mentioned that Brady had a thing about railway stations. Uh, so they searched the left luggage office offices at Manchester Central, Ra- uh, Central Railway Station. They found a claim ticket that was later found in Hindley's prayer book. Yeah, uh, satanic, so, you know. So in, inside one of the cases were among an assortment of costumes, notes, photographs and negatives. Nine pornographic photographs taken of Leslie Ann Downey naked with a scarf tied across the mouth and a 16-minute audio tape recording of a girl screaming and, ple- screaming and pleading for help. Downey's mother later confirmed that the recording too was of her daughter. I mean, imagine being the mother and having to listen to that. Yeah, Christ. There's no support for these victims. There's there's no counselling or things like that. No, there'll be there'll be Certainly plenty of counselling for days. there'll be plenty of counselling for Myra to get her ready to, ready to be uh, uh, back in the community, won't they? Well, she did. She did an open university degree, didn't she? When she was banged up. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about um, we'll talk about her in a bit. Um, so I'm just doing the investigation. Uh, so officers making inquiries at neighbouring houses spoke to 12-year-old Pat Hodges, who on several occasions had been taken to Saddleworth Moor by Brady and Hindley, and was able to point out their favourite sites along the A635. So why, why is it they sometimes... It, it, it's weird, isn't it, that this that this 12-year-old, who would probably be one of their victims, isn't? Yeah, that's, that's an odd one, isn't they it? They spared her, didn't they? Yeah, they took yeah. her for trips to the moors, but they spared her for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is Pat a male or female? Female. Is that short for Patrick or Patricia? Uh, I would assume no, it's female. She was a female, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. 
just a mm. young girl they befriended, you know, but they didn't they decided not to kill her for some reason. Do you Did think maybe Brady you think maybe Brady killed the girls and Hindley killed the boys? Because it's kind of weird, isn't it, that, that they have so out of their five victims they've got uh three boys, two, two boys. girls. Three boys, two girls. No, I thought it was two boys, two girls, isn't it? No, it's Pauline, oh, no, oh, no. Pauline Reed and Leslie Edward. Undoubtedly, and then John Kilbride, Keith Bennett, and Edward Evans. Yeah. yeah, they didn't seem to mind, did they? Well, they were bisexual, weren't they? So I suppose that explains it. Yeah. See, to add, to add a bit of woo-woo, I mean, the way they, they'd go on saddle mirth, saddle worth more to bury the victims and they'd like take photographs of themselves like posing on top of the graves didn't they? I yeah that's they, in they found the, one uh, of the, body. the Wikipedia article one, that is I mean that, that's that, I don't think that, that has ever been done before I don't think I mean that's quite a sort of innovation in serial killing isn't it sort of like posing on top of the grave sort of thing and yeah, I, mean, worth I, I, suppose, I suppose now she'd be like an insta thought fucking selfie and on top of the grave, yeah, wouldn't she? Because <laughs> Saddleworth Moor is one of those strange places where like lots of strange things had gone on long before they were burying the bodies up there. I mean, I remember Why reading you, one... The, the behaviour of posing with uh, with your trophy, I mean, that, that goes back to as long as recordings were done and before then paintings and Usually, usually it was with animals what you hunted, yeah. not human victims. But uh, can you imagine if there was like someone like Henry VIII who just posed with a human victim and said to the painter, "Oh yeah, paint me, paint me standing over his corpse." Uh, well, the the other thing about Saddleworth Moor is it says it says here it says uh, Saddleworth Moor is in the West Riding of Yorkshire. Mm. Um, what where was um. Oh, uh, that's that whole David Peace stuff, isn't it? Those David Peace novels, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah. West. God, who was that? That was Jack the Ripper. Not Jack the Ripper. That was the Yorkshire Ripper. Was it the Yorkshire Ripper? The, yes, yeah, the Ripper. Because because obviously we're joining these two together, aren't we? I think Bempton's in West Riding, isn't it? No, that must be East. No, it's East Riding, isn't it? West Yorkshire Police as well. Yeah, yeah, Sir Sutcliffe was born in Bingley, West Riding of Yorkshire. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange place, yeah. Because, yeah. like, My Myra Hendley and uh, that grandmother's house where they lived, that was in Hyde, wasn't it? Like, in, yeah. just outside Manchester. Or in yeah. Manchester. And that Hyde was where bloody that doctor lived, like... Uh, Dr. Death, what was his name? Uh, Harold Shipman. I mean, Shipman. he lived in Hyde as well. Was he in the Ridings as well, then, was he? Well, he lived in the same town as Ian Brady and Myra Hindley, yeah. And, of course, that sort of connects with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean, Mr. Hyde was the dark twin of Dr. Jekyll, weren't it? Yeah, but they, these finished these strange. finished before before the Ripper started, because his first assault was 69, wasn't it? It's all 67. And, yeah. these, and these were wrapped up in 60... Five, unless he was, unless he was, he was the the apprentice, the next person to go. Well, he's probably they're all probably part of this same cult, weren't they? I think so. All sort of like, because um, Saddlemouth Moor is a strange place. I mean, there's a lot of witchcraft that's gone on there. There was a there was a vicar who went mad like whilst crossing it, and then he blinded someone 
with burning sticks from the fire in this pub where he went after he crossed the moor. And you know, there's, there's that article in there where like the bodies are supposedly buried on the moor in a cru- crucifix shape. And, uh, yeah, do you want me to show that? Do you? Yeah, that might be good. Yeah. Hold on a second. I shall. Because I mean, there's rich, there's ritual magic going on here. I mean, there's there's loads more to it. We haven't got to it yet, but it's just. When murder, when child murder victims are being buried in like a shape of a crucifix, I mean, there's there's certainly something dodgy going on. Do there. you think they could have I mean, sold Keith that. Bennett then? If 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 we if we're following your theory of a child sex cult, maybe they could have sold Keith Bennett. That's why he wasn't. That's why there's no uh, body. That's possible. Yeah, I mean, his body's never been found. They say he's at the bottom part of a crucifix, but they've extensively searched that area with dogs and dogs and things, and they've never found anything. So, yeah, maybe it was shipped overseas to be in some Arab text dungeon. Yeah, never to be seen again. Well, there's that. Have you ever heard that Wouldn't story be the about first Johnny... time Arabs have stolen white children to abuse? Or have, you, have you ever heard of uh, Johnny Gosh? Johnny Gosh was a guy who was. It was. Uh, You'll have to repeat all that. You started with a question, I, and it went <laughs> up silent. Oh, have you have you ever heard of Johnny Gosh? Mm. Of John something Gosh. Johnny Gosh. Johnny Gosh. Yeah. Who's he? He was. Um, he he was a boy that was kidnapped when he was little, and uh, apparently he went back and visited his mother when he was grown up, and said he were, said he was part of a some sort of sex cult, and um, that he was, I don't, and that he couldn't he could never come home because they'd kill him or something. There's just there's just there's weirdness everywhere. I mean, Alex Sanders, you know, the self-styled king of the witches. I mean, they used to do rituals on Saddleworth Moor. And like, if you look like where the, where those bodies are buried, they're right next to like three reservoirs, and like that 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 that's where like because like, when you get large bodies of water, that's where you get like psychic manifestations happening. And it just seems very suspicious to me because hint, uh, Brady's always coming out with this sort of like intellectual bullshit, like the sort of thing I'd imagine a member of a like an elite sex cult would say, sort of thing, because he said that. He said the child killings they did were existential exercises and the morons out there are the ones who are mad, people who live conventional, dull, boring lives. I mean, that's just that's just something like a cultist would say, wouldn't it? It's just, well, it, to me anyway, I mean, I've seen this stuff before, you know. And Ian Brady cost taxpayers 10 million quid like, for the time he was in prison. You know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Get a book like built a hospital with that if they'd have just hanged him. But now you've got to keep him in prison and spend keep him in prison and spend ten million quid keeping him there. I mean, they say the reason the death penalty went out in this country is because the last executioner refused to take on an apprentice. Who's that? Thought, Pe- Albert Pierpoint, wasn't it? But, see, you, you're telling you, you're telling me that you couldn't just get a firing squad. I mean. They're saying, oh, you need special hanging, training. Hanging's, it's got to be done. Hanging's an art, dude. Because um, you've got to get yeah. the whole thing about it. You've got to get the drop and the... Um, I know, and I'm just like... You've got to get the drop and this... the length right so the person doesn't suffer. It, it is... But I, I don't see why they couldn't. 
Uh, well, I'm thinking you, sh you shoot somebody with an anti-aircraft cannon, they're not going to suffer. They'll be they quick. Could, they could have just done an Epstein on him, couldn't they? Just paid someone to kill him when he was in the prison. You know, just give him a... Give no, him like no, no. That, that's not true. Jeffrey Epstein, what he did is he wrapped toilet roll around his neck and he held his knees to his chest and he jumped off the bed. He bombed off and the bed, did he? Yeah, if, if you don't believe that story, next you'll be telling me the pancake theory of the Toon Towers and uh, Tower 7 is false as well. Oh, no, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to go against 9-11 in this movement. 9-11 is, uh, is absolutely the Saudis. Uh, if, you don't, if you say it's any other, you're in real trouble. Oh, I, I heard that it's that Iranian general what done it. <laughs> 9-11 was a totally satanic operation. I mean, don't get me started on 9-11. But if you get 9-11s, right, and you put them in a nine-celled a nine magic square, so you got like 11-11-11 three mm. times, yeah. they all add up to 666 around the square if you add up each individual digit. Oh, that's, that's I hadn't considered it that way. Well. I always yeah. just thought to myself, there was something about how like tens... Uh, supposed to be the hermaphroditic number because it's one and zero yeah. and when you combine 9 11 you get 20 which is two and zero so that's not right mm. no so well, someone's trying to tell me there's this actual significance with the numbers 9 and 11 um, yeah and it's done that way because uh it's conspiracy to get us to use the american dating uh system or uh in more seriousness it's because like uh, nine precedes eleven when you're counting, but it's it's all a bunch of numerology bollocks and it's a head fuck. So let's carry on with yeah. Ian uh, Brady and Myra Hendley. Uh, right. So where was I? Uh, was I doing There's the nothing funny I can say I? about this. No, it's not. It's not really something. There is some funny himself. stuff later when we talk about their prison careers because there is some quite funny stuff involved there. Well, Brady uh, even called himself a moral a moral relativist, didn't it? And that's what all these people are into, isn't it? Like moral relativity, and it's just like it's just that writ large. Well, that's it? well, that's what liberalism. Lib, that's what liberalism is, isn't it? Yeah. Liberalism is just moral rel relativity, isn't it? That's why they ignore they ignore the the, the horrible results of their actions when they're all sort of like. To put it bluntly, sort of sucking on each other's asses. I mean, it's all moral relativism, isn't it? Until you get like distant. That's where you get headlines like, I've got Giardia for the third time this <laughs> yeah, time from just... licking uh, strange men's assholes, and it's not fair. But, so, um... so, so, they, so they found um, some bodies. Uh, so, who did they find? So, they. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Police immediately. Police immediately. So Pat Hodges pointed them. 16th of October, they found an arm bone protruding from the peat, which was presumed at first to be Kilbride's, but the next day was identified as Leslie Ann Downey, whose body was visually identifiable. Her mother was able to identify the clothing. Um, so also among the photographs in the suitcase were a number of scenes by the scenes of the Moors. Smith told Brady that... To, Smith told police that Brady had, had, in, had boasted of photographic proof of multiple murders. Uh, pretty seldom. To, yeah. Pretty seldom all these perverts, didn't he? Like, fucking judges and whatever. Snuff films or whatever, yeah. Uh, 
21st of October, they found the badly decomposed body of Kilbride, which was protected, uh, which was identified by clothing again. Uh, same day, uh, appeared at Hyde Magistrates Court, charged with Downey's murder. Each was brought before the court separately and remanded into custody for a week. They made a two-minute appearance on the 28th of October and again were remanded into into custody. Uh, others. So, 2nd of December 1965, Brady had been charged with Kilbride, Downey and Evans. Hindley had been charged with the murders of Downey and Evans and being an accessory to the murder of Kilbride. At the committal hearing on 6th of December, Brady was charged with the murders of Evans, Kilbride, Downey, and Hindley with the murders of Evans and Downey, as well as harbouring, as well as with harbouring Brady in the knowledge that he had killed Kilbride. Uh, prosecution's opening statement was held in camera rather than open court, and the defence defence asked for a similar stipulation was 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 refused. Three uh, major. So it was held in Hyde over an 11-day period during December, at the end of which the pair were committed for trial at Chester Assizes. Yes, yeah, Hindley's... And the, the pictures taken included Hindley's dog, that, which, which was called Puppet. That's a weird name, isn't it? Yeah, like witchcraft puppet, isn't it? Sort of. Yeah. Well, that, that just sort of further reinforces your suspicion that she was the yeah. puppet, puppeteer... There's something later on which I think further corroborates what you said, and with your permission, I'd like to skip ahead to the section called Later Investigation. Uh, hold on yeah. one sec. There's just one weird thing about the dog. So to help date the photos, detectives had a veterinary surgeon examine Puppet to ter- determine his age. The examination required a general anaesthetic which Puppet did not recover. Hindley was furious and accused the police of murdering Puppet one of the few occasions detectives, detectives witnessed any emotional response from her. Did yes, I'm, I'm sure the police went out of their way to torture and kill her dog. Yeah, that that really doesn't sound. Why? Why is it as well? I mean, with this sort of story, I I'm, I'm not sure I quite understand the the the, the things like uh, you know doing so much to protect them. Well, why? Well, it's kind of weird, but they always try to try attempt to find something that humanizes the murderer, don't they? Well, I mean, I mean, it's all these great pain and great lengths, and this is why I want to read out this section called uh, Later Investigation. It's it's great lengths to protect Myra Hindley, and uh, I I just think to myself, to what end? To how how do we benefit from this? What what's the benefit? Is it so that someone can say, "Oh, well, we upheld the law," and well, we're not as uh, bad as they are. That's what that is, isn't no, it? It's what we don't going to get out to their, their level. level. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, never mind that, you know, we, we aid and abet with a, a regime that uses white phosphorus and we sell it to them so that they can use in certain people. No, we, we, we kept Myra Hindley alive, so we're good on moral. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that bit about the dog. I'm Fuck that bitch. Stupid dog deserved to die. But it's just something where they attempt to humanise her, don't they? All of these things, even the Wikipedia, goes very, very light on her, doesn't it? It's weird. It's It's almost almost like she's some sort of witch and she put a spell on everybody, hasn't she? 
Well, she did the old sob story, didn't she? That she was beaten up by her father and that. And it's yeah. Like, oh, you've got so to feel fucking sorry what? That <laughs> yeah, gives you like... an excuse to torture and rape and kill children. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my dad said mean things to me, so it's all right for me to smack him. But that's how these liberals think, though, isn't it? It's like... Why it's is it that, like... It, they was like, I'm not responsible for my own actions. Something bad happened to me years ago. Yeah. Therefore, I can do what I like. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. So there's there's the trial section, and then it goes on to late investigation. Do you want to do the trial? Uh, not really. It's just like standard trial stuff. It's it's boring. The tape cut. The tape. The judge comes, said. The tape comes out again. The judge said. It? Yeah. The the judge said some things like. Uh, uh, you called Brady wicked beyond belief. Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, that, closing that remarks. Let's read out the closing remarks. Atkinson described the murder as, as murders as truly horrible and accused accused and the accused as two sadistic killers of the utmost depravity. He recommended recommended they spend a very long time in prison before being considered parole, but did not stipulate a tariff. He called Brady wicked beyond belief, but he said he. So there you go, Brady's wicked beyond belief, but he said he saw no reasonable possibility of reform for him, although he did not think the same necessarily true of Hindley. Once removed from Brady's evil influence, the evil man, it couldn't possibly be the woman, could it? Yeah. I mean, even here, Wikipedia has to admit that um, throughout the trial, Brady and Hindley stuck rigidly to their strategy of lying, and Hindley was later described as a quiet, controlled, impassive witness who lied remorselessly. She's a fucking evil bitch. I'm glad she's dead. I know some people have this stipulation. How can, how can you be an impassive liar? <laughs> well, she was impassive until her dog died. Yeah. I mean, that's typical of psychopaths. I mean, they don't give a shit about people, but when something happens to a dog, suddenly it's like, oh, you know... All bets are off, and uh, who's calling me now? Oh, it's someone from Glasgow. Is that Lacey? <laughs> they draw a line, don't they? Where it's like it's horrible if you kill it, if you put a dog down, but to to put Ian Brady and Myra Hindley down, that's like that's yeah. on the other side of the line, isn't it? Like the lovely yeah. liberal line where the you, can't, you can't put it. Uh, so it, it's kind of it's weird that sort of someone like Princess Diana got less justice than Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. But it's these poor parents yeah. that fucking suffered. The, is this why you wanted to read the later investigation? Was it? And um, yeah, I really want to skip over some bits. So there, there was like one of the victims' mothers says, "I'm a simple woman. I work in the kitchens of Christie's Hospital. It has taken me five weeks' labour to write this letter because it is so important to me that it is understood by a few for what is a plea for help." Please, Miss Hindley, help me. So she just saw this as an opportunity to have a day trip. So, right, here's the thing. Um, police visited Hindley, blah, blah, blah. And then they said um, uh, some things. And that was all interesting. So here we go. 16th of December, 1986. I mean, chat in the, in the audience, if you want to read along with us, you can go on Wikipedia on Moore's murders. And we're on the section called Later Investigation. So this is the one, two, three, I'll show four. It. They should be able to see it's it. the it's the fifth paragraph I'm going to read from. On the sixteenth of December, nineteen eighty-six, Hindley made the first of two visits to assist the police search of the moor. Police closed all roads onto the moor, which was patrolled by two hundred officers, some of them armed. 
Hindley and her solicitor left Cock and Wood at... Why does she need a solicitor? But anyway, left Cock and, Cook and Wood at half past four uh, in the morning, flew to the mall by helicopter from an airfield named Mainstone, and then were driven and walked around the area until three in the afternoon. She had difficulty connecting what she saw to her memories and was apparently nervous of the helicopters flying overhead. The press described the visit as a fiasco, a publicity son, and a mindless waste of money. What's the footnotes? Ah, oh, no, I'm going to read the footnotes later. But Topping defended it. Who's Topping? Um, oh, it probably says earlier in the in the thing, which I he's skipped. A, he's over. one of the top cops involved in the case, yeah. Oh, yeah, so Topping defended it, saying um, that, uh, no, this was a really good thing to do with the pu public's money. He was, he was, he was probably another one wrapped around her little fig finger. He found a way to let her have a yeah. stroll across the fucking moors, didn't he? We needed a thorough systemic, systematic search of the moor. It would have never been possible to carry out such a search in private. Oh, why... But then, what is there anything else? Oh, yeah, so 19th of December, David Smith, who was then 38 years old, spent about four hours on the moor helping police identify additional areas to be searched. Topping continued to visit Henley in prison, delivering her sweeties and not having sex with her, along with a solicitor, Michael Fisher, and spiritual counsellor, Peter Timms. Oh, by the way, all that stuff I said about sweeties and sex, allegedly, 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 allegedly. She's dead, um, I think you're right. So anyway, you're right, mate. Okay, allegedly dead. Yeah. Peter Timms, um, who's a spiritual counsellor, who had been a prison governor before becoming a Methodist minister. On the, it sounds a bit like Mr. Barraclough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on the 10th of February 1987, she formally confessed to involvement in all five murders. But this was not made public for more than a month. The tape recording of a statement was over 17 hours long. Oh, she just likes the sound of a voice like so many psychopaths. I deal with a psychopath, by the way, on um, a fairly regular basis. And there's times where he's trying to get me to do something. And it's just like, can you get to the point, please? It's like, oh, let me finish. So he carries on with the story. Um, so if anyone likes telling you a story, suspect them of psychopathy. <laughs> I'll carry on with this story, shall I? <laughs> so um, this 17 hour long performance 17 hours long Topping described it as very well worked out in performance in which I believe she told me just as much as he wanted me to know and no more he added that he was struck by the fact that in Hindley's in Hindley's telling she was never there where the killings took place she was in the car over the brow of the hill in the bathroom and even in the case of Evan's murder in the kitchen he felt he had witnessed a great performance rather than a genuine confession. Shall I read the next one? Shall we carry on? Can do if, if there's if yeah. there's good content in it. Okay, then uh, I'm just feeling like I'm doing a borzoi here. Police visited, <laughs> police visited Brady in prison again and told him of Hindley's uh, conf confession. That's all right. I've changed into an arm wrestle, <laughs> at which first he refused to believe. Once presented with some of the details that Henley had provided of Reed's abduction, Brady decided that he was too prepared to that. Oh, sorry, Brady decided that he too was prepared to confess, but on one condition: that immediately afterwards he be given the means to commit suicide, 
a crash which was impossible for the authorities to comply. Yeah, because he, he went on, he went on hunch to hunger strike for a period, didn't he? He nearly died, but they managed to keep him alive, mm-hmm. didn't they? If if he really wanted to commit suicide, there's there's ways of doing it. Um, they're just some are quite unpleasant. So he wanted a painless way out. Or or he was out of that bitch's influence and fucking actually genuinely felt fucking guilty for the shit he'd done to people. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I think it? I think she had a wrapped around her finger using her pussy. I really think that's what it was. I think that he just caught up and and you know she had completely under it. She had well, him but, under her spell. Why is it? Why is it? Every other man that comes within fucking five feet of her gets wrapped around their finger. Yet Brady, yet Brady was controlling her. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Does no, it's not. I mean, the, the the pussy pass is real, and I think we we if one thing can be done in the twenty first century is to redress the balance and to make people understand that women. Not all women are evil, but a lot of women are fucking evil. And I believe that story of Adam and Eve is an allegory. It's telling us to be aware of women's wiles. Power corrupts, absolutely. Yeah. Power corrupts, absolutely. So, um, April 97, uh, 1987, news of Heinle... Uh, hin- I keep calling her Heinle. Heinle. Uh, that's, what, that's what the Sex Pistols sing in that song, don't they? God bless news of Heinle. <laughs> God bless my God bless Lee. <laughs> Even though he's horrible and she ain't pretty good <laughs> lady, lady. Do you know that song, dude? Yeah. Oh, do you know that one? The Nazis on the run. That's part of it as well. <laughs> they wasn't being horrible. It was just their idea of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you, do you not know that one, Hobbit? Listen to listen to no no one is innocent by the Sex Pistols. It's a fucking quality. Oh, I Can wish we, we could play it. I wish we could play it. Yeah, we yeah. get a copyright. YouTube's got so boring since it got yeah. taken over by the Blues. Yeah, you remember? I think the Blue Meanies and the Yellow Submarine was an, was an uh, allegory <laughs> for the Blue situation we got at the moment. No fun so. allowed. I think that. I think. I think the most. The most. Uh, most uh, prescient one is uh, do, you, do you remember that Futurama you know when they brought it back and there was those things that took over the whole planet and just fucking drained it dry of money <laughs> oh man um, uh, I, I, it's been a long time since I watched Futurama I got annoyed with the Jamaican one. Oh yeah yeah stupid Jamaican <laughs> just... I wish I uh, why else... did I have to do that I'm so sorry I Chat, look, when I'm doing these things, I end up fiddling with stuff, and I've got, like, a car plug extension socket, which I've unscrewed, and I'm not sure quite how to assemble it back together again. Um, April 1987, do we want to talk about, like, uh, the public wanted a release? Because it seems to me the public understood, like, the true culprit in this was Myra Hendley. that's, That's what I'm thinking. It's like... It's like every, you know, everything's all the same except for the time she was with Brady, where she was completely under his thumb and just did whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. It don't make yeah. sense. If it don't, if it don't, if it don't make sense, it ain't true, is it? That's it. That's I mean, it. Let's, let's just let's just make it make uh, uh, the other thing I'd really like to talk about is poor old. Is it Winnie? Is Winnie Johnson um, Keith Bennett's the the unfound child? Which who's the one that was never yeah. found? Keith Bennett. Keith Bennett. I think that's her. Her his mum. Yeah. 
Uh, poor old Winnie Joe, absolutely fucking tortured from the moment her son went missing to the moment she, moment she fucking died. That poor, poor woman. I mean, we need to yeah. really mention her, don't we? Well, that's she what sent, happens. She sent, like... she sent numerous letters to the pair of cunts ask, asking them to just say, just let me bury my son before I die. Yeah. But that's what happens with these like evil cases. They sort of spread out, and it's not just the victims that that like affects loads. Of, I think it affected the whole of the Northern Britain. I think. I, I, mean, I, I bet Myra Henley was getting off and knowing how much she was uh, causing suffering yeah. to that woman, knowing that she she couldn't get peace or reconciliation. How about this bit? Hindley, who, oh, who had not re who had not replied to the first letter, responded by thanking Johnson for both letters, explaining her decision not to reply to the first resulted from the negative pub publicity that surrounded it. She claimed that had Johnson written to her th 14 years earlier, she would have confessed and helped the police. That's just fucking sick, isn't it? Putting the blame on, the, on that poor woman for not sending a fucking letter soon enough. Well, the darkness that's that's just... something women do. They they do they, they blame everyone for their problems except themselves. They are absolutely incapable of self reflection. It's like that that David Smith guy who like actually did shop shop Brady and Hindi. I mean, you know, he actually oh. did bring him to justice, but he was like beaten up for like years afterwards. You know, you know, hmm. you saw him in a pub, everyone would beat him up, and it's like he's the one who like brought him to justice. So yeah, I bet women women were behind that, you know. saying, go on, go on, husband, go beat him up, you know. Like it's just fucking unless weird. unless Smith was was um, involved more, but we don't know about it because these these yeah. areas, these these local areas, they know exactly what's going on, don't they? Where they did back yeah. then, when they had the community cohesion and stuff. By the way, with all, all the sexist things I've said about women and the dangers of them, ladies, I am single and available. LGTHQ, <laughs> take notice. I like them big. I like redheads with green hair. Single, single, and ready to mingle, aren't you, Hobbit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, I, th right. I think. I think. Sex should be for procreation only, I think. I think yeah, everything, okay. else is, everything else is just mind control. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Pussy, pussy control. <laughs> I bet somebody tried to walk back the, the pussy control. There you go, throwing back in it. <laughs> Throw back into it, Zero. Thanks, mate. <laughs> just chuck even him under I'm the allowed bus. To sim <laughs> even, even I'm allowed to simp. I think it's... A, I don't want to get diversion of fight here but i think it's a big joke sex you know i mean it's like what's the big deal you know it's just like at the end of the day it's just like a wet patch on the mattress isn't it i think sex should be for procreation only and everything else is just like a it's just like a scam to get you to get mortgages and do so you know that song by george michael the Probably. i want your sex <laughs> sex is natural sex is good not everybody does it but everybody should I think you should meditate on the wise words of George Michael and his fate later on. Yeah, it's just a theory of mine. I don't know. I don't sort of like really believe it in inverted commas, but I think I think there's a. Oh, I'm so backtracking here. Theory. I'm desperately backtracking here, but no, you know, it's like. Are we all falling under the influence of Myra Henley and we're starting to be apologising? <laughs> yeah, for she what ain't so bad. She ain't so bad, really. That Brady was horrible, weren't he? It's not her fault. <laughs> oh, she she could have been she could have been a good actress if it wasn't for um, 
hurt. Oh, that's the thing. If it weren't for that evil Ian Brady dragging dragging him in with it with his tentacles. We're not supposed to call them actresses anymore unless it's a transgender and actors. then it's an actress. Actors. Uh, so I find, it, I find it weird. Did you, did you know they they met at a, at, at a chemical distribution company? Yeah, they're probably. No, I did not know they were met at a chemical distribution company. What chemicals, perchance? Child killer chemicals. Uh, child killer chemicals. <laughs> All it says is a wholesale chemical. I'm just thinking, is it like company. sort of. Ah. So, but so so what we were saying about Brady's early life, aren't we? Uh, yeah, well, Brady had that mysterious. Well, he was adopted, wasn't he? Apparently, by so it's, uh, so. It's, actually, if you look, if you go down far enough, you actually find out their backgrounds. It's not on their individual Wikipedia pages, but on the Moore's murders thing. So, Brady was born in Glasgow in Scotland as Ian Duncan Stewart, not Ian Duncan Smith. Ian Duncan Stewart. <laughs> you ever Ian Duncan? You know Ian Duncan Smith, the Tory. Oh, how can you forget him? God. Yeah, <laughs> Ian Duncan Stewart, Ian, Ian Brady was born on. Uh, to Margaret, uh, the identity of Brady's father has never been reliably ascertained, although his mother said he was a reporter working for a Glasgow newspaper who died three months before Brady was born. Uh, so, so his mum had little support after a few months was forced to give her son into the care of Mary and John Sloan, a local couple with four children of their own. Brady took their name and became known as Ian Sloan. His mother continued to visit him through his childhood. Various authors have stated that he tortured animals, although Brady objected to such. No, I only kill kids. I don't kill animals. It's, like, that's a, weird, it's a weird thing. When, when people know what you've done, it's a weird thing to fucking disavow, isn't it? Yeah, but like, like we said last week, once you're banged up for life, it don't matter, does it? You can say yeah. anything, can't you? It's yeah. Like... It's like it's like it's like the uh, the ripper the ripper disavowing Jimmy Savile. Oh, not a minute, I'm not a nut. Yeah, <laughs> I need I need smack much. women in the head with a ball peen hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought his his disagreement with him was because he was a sore loser at chess. Or am I? I will, I'll do that. That's, that's later. That's later. I'll, I should, we're going to go into that later when we go to the more fun stuff. Oh, um, did I spoil the punchline? Yeah. <laughs> Hindley was born in Crumpsall. What a horrible fucking name. <laughs> uh, oh, so, God, can I, you imagine that, that town's claim to fame is Myra Hindley? Yeah, Crumpsall. Yeah, but... Crumpsall, the, ho- home of, the home of poor old Myra Hindley. I bet that's what it's called. Uh, her parents, Nellie and Bob Hindley, the latter an alcoholic impact. <laughs> Shouldn't that be citation needed <laughs> to that alcoholic then? Well, her sister managed not to fucking murder anybody, so he can't have been that bad an alcoholic, can he? He smacked her about, according to Hindley, but yeah, who uh, knows? What... Well, basically, here you go. Oh, Look, this, this, is, this, is what Hind- this is what Hindley's problem was. So their living situation deteriorated, deteriorated further when Hindley's sister Maureen was born in August 1946 and about a year later Hindley then five was sent to live with a grandmother nearby so this is the source of her fucking problems isn't it it's like uh, she's more important than I am isn't it yeah that's the what jealous, is, second, isn't it? jealous of the second child isn't it yeah yeah it's not only that she was second child and she was shipped off because the more because the other child was more important <laughs> yeah 
Jealousy is truly a horrible emotion. Okay, yeah. Uh... So when Hindley was eight, a local boy scratched her cheeks, drawing blood. She burst into tears and ran to her father, who threatened to leather her if she did not retaliate. Hindley found the boy and knocked him down a series, knocked him down with a series of punches. She wrote later, at eight years old, I'd scored my first victory. This is the poor victim, Myra Hindley. Poor, poor victim, isn't she? She must have had a nice right hand, I should think. Yeah. Malcolm McCulloch, Professor of Forensic Psychiatry at Cardiff University, has written that Hindley's relationship with her father brutalised her. She was not only used to violence in the home, but rewarded for it outside. When this happens at a young age, it can distort a person's reaction to such situations for life. So this is this is what it... This is... I mean, she's, she's the one with the real fucking serial killer uh, thing, isn't she? Yeah, but I was thinking, like, if she's like a total psycho, what happens when a, a one psycho meets another psycho? Because Brady was a psycho as well. Do they, like, cancel each other out? Or I suppose the stronger psycho dominates the weaker psycho, I suppose. See, this is the stuff. Like, as a couple, January 1961, the 18-year-old Hindley joined Millwoods at Millwoods as a typist. She soon became infatuated with Brady. I mean, who do we have the evidence that she was infatuated with Brady and not the other way around? Yeah, Brady ignored her for, like, months when, when she when she started work. Well, this is, this is, is there her... a citation? Yeah. Is, is there a citation for it becoming It's probably her diary. No. It's probably her diary. No, there's no citation. Yeah. But there's, there's no... There's, uh, oh, hang on. 131. McVeigh Caron. Death at 60 for the women who came to personify evil. So there is a citation for that. So, like you said, it probably is from her diary. Because, I mean, if she can do a, a police interview, which lasts 17 hours long, she's definitely somebody that thinks highly of herself. Yeah, I, I I would probably agree that he that he introduced her into the Marquis de Sade, the Nietzsche and the um and the Hitler stuff. I I I, I will believe that. But and as far as he was confused, as as far as he was um controlling her, I citation needed on that one for me. Yeah, I mean, th that sort of literature is not what women traditionally read. It tends, I mean, they'd things like read Lady Chatterley's Lover or Jane Austen. They, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, that, that's sort of more like, oh, I see your, your literature as well. When Have you ever read this book by Leon de Grau? Because their, their thing was like, Brady used to masturbate while Hindley stuck a wax candle up his, up his anus. And that's always been like said, like that was like Brady sort of demeaning her, like using her as a sort of machine almost for his sexual pleasure. But that could easily be the other way around. That's what I like, mean. Uh, that's that's the other way around, isn't it? Him. Pegging a bloke, yeah. it's it's fucking dominating them, isn't it? That's like her him humiliating him, isn't it? Not yeah, the other it's way sticking around. a sticking a, sticking something up a bloke's ass. I mean that that is fucking controlling it, behaviour. It's what goes on in prison it's, it's with infuriate. like the with like the ball the ball queers. I was going to say it's it's infuriating the way it, it's framed here because I mean the facts are presented, but then it's got this flavour text and it's making most people just go, "Oh yeah, she totally was the victim, and she was just an un, an unwilling accomplice in all of this." Yeah. 
See, do, see, I, I know Bailey's a psychopath, but his 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 reaction to being inside is kind of like someone who feels guilty, isn't it? Because the hunger strikes, the wanting to die, asking to live in solitary confinement. Because when he when he moved to Durham prison, he was asked to live in sol- solitary confinement. That that kind of it seems like on some. I mean, he might just feel sorry for his own situation. That's entirely oh, well, the, possible. That's entirely sure. But between the two of them, Ian Brady expressed remorse in various ways. Yeah. She never did. Yeah. She All she was looking for was to get out, wasn't it? Well, she, she was brought up a Roman Catholic, wasn't she? But like at the time in the before the murders, she like gave it all up. She said it was all tosh and that. So like, there's a marker there. Yeah. Know, sort of. No, I can't feel, you know, that there's some people who've never heard of Roman Catholicism who would be described as Catholics, and there's some people who can claim to be, you know, quite outwardly pious, and they, they just, you know, they are anything but a good Catholic, or a Catholic for that matter. Blimey, we're getting quite judgmental on this, aren't we? <laughs> I know, I know. It's, 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 uh, it's not the usual sort of light-hearted thing we do. Can we do one about St. Elmo's Fire next time? Right, so yeah. I think we need to do something a bit more light-hearted next time. So, Hindley. I mean, we'll talk about Hindley, then we'll talk about Brady, and then we'll like try and dovetail it with last week's episode. Hindley lodged an, an unsuccessful appeal against their conviction immediately after the trial. Brady and Hindley corresponded by letter until 1971 when she ended their relationship. I mean, is is this someone who's infatuated with... Does this sound like the, the like the actions of someone who's infatuated with somebody? No, it sounds like a complete psychopath. I mean, that you would launch an appeal immediately after being sentenced shows no self-reflection and no, no empathy. It's like, hmm, I've just been given a life sentence. Well, time for an appeal. Yeah. I mean that that's that's yeah, like, it's a bit weird. <laughs> that's like I mean, I'm, not I'm even gonna, waiting I'm gonna show, a year I'm gonna... for it to cool down and going like, mm, okay, there's no media attention now. I can probably launch an appeal. Or it's 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 like I suppose psychopath psychopathic thinking would be like here if I if I launch an appeal, it will show that I that I'm not guilty. <laughs> Is it some like weird thinking like that? Well, I mean, I don't know how psychopaths think, but there's some sort of, I think, flawed logic going on here. You might be yeah. right. But I'm thinking it could probably even be simpler mind than that. It's just a case of, like, i better lodge the appeal now because they take some time. Mm. So not even a case of, like, can you imagine what sort of public outcry that cause? Because, of course, she'll have no sort of empathy or understanding how people think. I mean, this is the difference between successful psychopaths and unsuccessful ones. The unsuccessful ones don't understand how people think. So they uh, they end up killing people and becoming famous. And that's so, why psychopathy is synonymous with murderers. So so Hindley, so they, and this is the other part, isn't it? Hindley broke their relationship off. You know, the woman who was so infatuated with this bloke that didn't want anything to do with her. You know, so, you know, I mean, the, um, you know, when he went cold on her, you know, to make her more infatuated or so she says. And then she breaks the relationship off. This bloke she was infatuated with, she did these murders for. It it doesn't make sense, does it? It the thing never the thing never never made sense to me. The the way they said that she was innocent all the time. 
Well, she, she had her open university degree. She had to concentrate on that, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, so the two remained in sporadic contact for several months. But Hindley had fallen in love, obviously because she's capable of love, with one of her prison warders, Patricia Cairns. I mean, oh, would, why would you fall in love with a prison warder? Mm, let's have a think. <laughs> and why would a prison warder fall in love with her? I mean, it's just like, she must have some power, mustn't she? Like, Oh, how about this one then? A former assistant governor claimed that such relationships were not unusual in Holloway at the time, as many of the officers were gay and involved in relationships with either one or one another or with inmates. Oh, God. Yeah. That is a definite security breach. I mean, if you've got inmates uh, having sexual relationships with the, uh, with the staff, they can get them contraband and they can, you know, even get them keys. Well, look at look at the grifting she does. So Hindley successfully petitioned to have her status as Category A prisoner changed to Category B, which enabled Governor Dorothy Wing to take her on a walk around Hampstead Heath, part of her unofficial policy of reintroducing her charges to the outside world when she felt they were ready. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, category B prisoners cannot go for walks on Hampstead Heath. I mean, well, Hampstead Heath's a park, right? Yeah, I, I mean, she gets thrown helicopters to the moors to have a, a nice walk around with uh, 200 officers looking after her. Well, they, they said this did the no. excursion caused a, caused a fury in the natural, national press and earned Wing an official rebuke from the then Home Secretary, Secretary Robert Carr. So they, they weren't taking it laying down, at least. In some ways, so, she was worse than Jim. So here's Savile. the meat and potatoes why, why, why she was involved with Patricia Cairns. With help from Cairns and the outside contacts of another prisoner, Maxine Croft, Hindley planned a prison escape, but it was thwarted, but thwarted when the impression, impressions of the prison keys were intercepted by an off-duty policeman. Cairns was sentenced to six years in jail for her part of the plot. God, that's one scheming bitch, isn't it? Mate? Fucking it is, isn't it? I mean, I've, I know she's people back. hate Hindley, but I never quite got it until I found until I, until I read the facts on it. She's just a she's just a grifting fucking scheming bitch. If she were if she weren't a murderer, she'd be a fucking e celebrity now, wouldn't she? <laughs> I mean, you're banged you're banged up for like killing kids, and yeah. the first thing on your mind is like escaping, you know, appealing, like appealing, kids. and when that don't work, escaping. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> And like shagging your shagging your jailer, sort of thing. Like, yeah. yeah, and then after all that stuff, you're just like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not a danger to the public. Can I be uh, put down from Category A to Category B, please? <laughs> yeah. Well, she she didn't qualify for Category AA then, because apparently the, there's no category above A, but then they did AA. If you, um, you, you know about the prison categorization system. Uh, so, uh, so was it? Uh, Hindley was told she should spend 10, 25 years in prison before being considered for that parole. Lord Chief, Ju- Chief Justice agreed with, agreed with that rec- recommendation in 1982, but in 1985, Home Secretary Leon Britton, see, all the blues aren't bad, increased their tariff for 30 years. That's was weird. He? he was one of those nonces, weren't he? <laughs> I was just going to say, wasn't he accused of... Um... <laughs> Yeah, so you'd have probably known allegedly Jimmy Savile, allegedly. <laughs> Maybe parted with Jimmy Savile, allegedly. 
And they all allegedly would have had an alleged conversation with him, allegedly talking about Myra Hendley, and then allegedly it'd be like, mm, yeah, she, she should probably stay in there a bit longer. Do you think because could, allegedly she might have some dirt. Do you think it could be allegedly because Hindley allegedly turned down allegedly Jimmy Savile? Allegedly. <laughs> could be. So, by that by that time, Hindley, Hindley claimed to be a reformed Catholic. Oh, fuck me. Didn't, didn't, didn't Tony Blair do that? And he's just as fucking evil, isn't he? Uh, Downey's oh. mother... Downey's mother was at the centre of a campaign to ensure Hindley never was never released from prison, and until her death in February '99, she regularly gave know... television and news, newspaper interviews whenever Hindley's release was rumoured. As we're talking about Catholicism, is there a way we could summon Jackson briefly and ask his opinion on Reformed Catholics? Because <laughs> up until this point, I wanted to say I was a Reformed Catholic, and now I'm just thinking to myself, mm, I don't really want that label now. <laughs> In February, in February 1985, this is where base Thatcher comes in. Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher told Britain that, that his proposed minimum sentences are 30 years for Hindley and 40 years for Brady were too short, saying, I don't think either of these prisoners should ever be released from custody. <laughs> Their crime was the most hideous and cruel in modern times. I mean, who says fucking Margaret Thatcher was evil, eh? Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, she 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 was evil. She she banned milk in schools. This yeah. one trivial thing counteracts all the other stuff. Uh, she was pretty based, old Maggie. Yeah. She? she did say some things I agree with. She, one of the things she said is like um, having power is like being a lady. If you tell people you are like you are powerful, you are a lady. You're not. <laughs> yeah. So, in 19, 1987, Hindley admitted that the plea for parole she had submitted to the Home Secretary eight years earlier was on the whole a pack of lies, and to some reporters, her co- cooperation in search churches on Saddleworth Moor appeared a cynical gesture aimed at ingratiating herself to the parole authorities. Then, then Home Secretary David Waddington imposed a whole life tariff on Hindley in, 19, in July 1990, after she confessed to having been more involved in the murders than she admitted. Oh, fucking finally. Do you think this was some sort of mere culpa to get her through uh, parole hearings? Because they say the, ma- the main part it's of a parole hearing that, yeah. is that you have to be uh, apologetic. Like, with that Catholicism thing, like, how can she be a reformed... Well, she gave up Catholicism, and, that, and then a few years later she wants to be a reformed Catholic. It's all just like... It's all just games she's playing, isn't it? Where's the stuff? I haven't found the stuff of uh, I, about. I do sort of have to question, like, when she dies, like, uh, and she has that conversation with Saint Peter. Seriously, I mean, it's like, is that the one time that you just be like, no, bitch, you're not getting in. That's not working on me. What? What is it? Alex like, Jones says, "Yo, bitch, get out the way." <laughs> <laughs> Or he sort of turns, goes up to the gate. It's like, no, fuck off, bitch! You're not coming in. It's like, oh, you're not allowed to swear. You're, you're Saint Peter. You're going. You're going downstairs to have, to have a trident up your jacksy. <laughs> but you'll like that. Enjoy it. Yeah, she enjoy it. Wouldn't she? <laughs> oh, and then, and then she's like, just just behind just behind the gates. There's puppet there, and it's like, oh, puppet, you're there. It's like, yeah, no, you're not coming in. That probably would be Halfred to be like. Not reunited with her with her 
dog puppet. Look, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, she pissed off some people, didn't she? Even David Blunkett... Well, she's the pissing le- the lefty, me off and she's dead. Even David Blunkett, the lefty liberal, ordered Greater Manchester Police to find new charges against her to, to prevent her release from prison. Fuck me, she pissed off some, high pe- some people in high places, didn't she? I can't find anything about that judge. Who the fuck was that judge? The ones you have wrapped around. I think you're thinking of that, that. That campaigner was Lord Longton, weren't it? Was he it was Lord like Longton? A, I don't think he, I don't, he might have been a former judge. I can't remember, but yeah, he, he he did it for loads of people like that, didn't he? Sort of. He said we should understand them, you know. And it's like he was. He they was might have murdered learning. people. But they might have murdered people, but it was it was a learning experience, you know. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know oh. she was young. She was young, stupid. Uh, Lord Longford. Lord Longford. Lord Longford, that's it, yeah. He looks like a right fucking twat, yeah. <laughs> right twat. To be, <laughs> to be honest, you know. Frank Pakenham, the seventh Earl of Longford. Uh, let's have a he, he, he oh, was, he does he, look like a fucking he, sex case, doesn't he? His other big thing was to like like relax the pornography laws, weren't it? That was his other oh, big it? thing. As well. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's he's our guy then. <laughs> letting out child wow. killers, letting out child killers, and uh, oh, there we go. Everyone can see a picture of Lord Longford now. Francis or Orangia Orangia Pakenham. Oh dear, what a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, that is a face of a child. Ah, there's is, there's a bit about the. Uh... He gained a bit of re- re- reputation for eccentricity. Becoming known for his effort, efforts to re- rehabilitate offenders, and in particular, campaigning for parole and release of prisoner, the Moore's murder of Myra Hindley. Uh... <laughs> Longford's support for Hindley let I'm, I'm at it now. Hindley led to the so- sobriquet Lord Wrongford <laughs> from the tabloid, uh, tabloid press. Uh, it's. Uh... Well, he's just a fucking agent, isn't he? He's one of these agents, isn't he? Lifetime actors. He's an agent of fucking chaos, isn't he? Of the whole moral, relative, liberal... Right, Lord of the Rings. Forgiving God knows what the fuck oh, they do. I don't know. sorry, I thought I muted myself. <laughs> you didn't mute yourself. But I, I do apologise, chat. God, the chat's going off, isn't it? It's like, oh, God, how about this? Story. In March 1996, Longford backed up Hindley's claim that, it, in an Oxford University magazine that she was still in prison so that the Conservative government, trailing in the opinion poll since the autumn of 92, would win win more votes. Fuck. What? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> like yeah. Jesus Christ. Why are they all these people defending her? I, I really think it's like time we question... Why are you defending uh, the, this this woman? Well, they're agents, what, why? aren't they? Yeah. I think they're to, just to lifetime actors. Just, they're just agents for this liberal. Oh, let's. Uh, do you know? Do you know what else Lord Longford was in? Was was uh, famous for the de- decriminalisation of homosexuality? Yeah. Oh, yes. That's something we've benefited so much from these days. Yeah. I am truly glad. Uh, so, that, if that you want to watch about Longford, it, it it's probably um, pretty pro, goes pretty easy on it. But there's a Channel Four film called Longford from 2006, where it was played by Jim Broadbent, and Hindley was played by played by Samantha Morton. Wasn't Samantha Morton uh, nonced so, by, yeah. by uh, allegedly um, Harvey Weinstein? Probably. I, I, I don't know. 
allegedly I, I, probably yeah I, I don't know allegedly allegedly oh did you know smith was acquitted of the murder of his father who had been suffering from suffering from terminal cancer you know the brother-in-law fucking hell jesus christ these people Lesser. Pauline that Reed's was a, mother was like admitted to Springfield Mental Hospital in Manchester. She was present under heavy sedation at the funeral of her daughter on uh, 7th of August 1987. Five years after their son was murdered, Sheena and Patrick Kilbride divorced. Downey's mother died in 1999 from cancer of the liver. Since her daughter's death, she had campaigned to ensure Hindley remained in prison. The doctors said the stress had contributed to the severity of her illness. Bennett's mother had con continued to visit Saddleworth Moor, where it's believed that, Ber that Bennett is buried. She died in August 2012. They do say it's grim up north, and it bloody is, isn't it? Well, it's oh, grim yeah. up north back in the 60s. Let's 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 go on to more um, let's go on to more um, lighter matters, shall we say? Uh, I've got a bit of woo woo. Uh, do, you, do you want to do some woo-woo or do you want to do uh, Brady's prison years? Because some of that's quite funny. I'll just get a bit of woo-woo in. Go on, let's get some woo-woo in. In 2015, an unidentified Pakistani man was found dead on Saddleworth Moor from uh, strychnine poisoning. And he, where, where he decided to kill himself was where there was like a massive plane crash a few or some years before and i've always thought that was a bit strange like he lived in london but he he, he took a train to saddleworth moor and killed himself by strychnine poisoning at the site where a large plane crash happened and uh, oh, slightly woo woo but but his name was um what was his name his name was david Lytton. That obviously connects to Sir Bulwerlitton and the coming race and all that weird entities living underground. And you know, once you get the names coming up, that sparks my interest. But yeah, just a strange side note. Yeah. Oh. Hey, chat. Behave yourselves. Yeah, Calm it's, getting, down. it's getting a bit spicy in the chat. It is. Otherwise, I'm going to have to show I'm actually a, a government fed and I'm going to start banning people. I've got a... Yeah, Brady was an occultist. He used to read, he used to read Alistair Crowley. He used to read the tarot, according to Christine Hart. And, uh, Is that not just um, incidental? It's like, you know, he did a bunch of murders. Also, he, he read some, some books. Some yeah. of those books happened to be written by Alistair Crowley. But he, he, he hid the, um, that little note for the, uh, where he stashed the, um, all his pedo stuff. He hid it in Myra Hindi's prayer book. I mean, that's a bit satanic, possibly, but just seems, uh, just seems odd with Saddleworth Moor and all the sort of witchcraft associations with Saddleworth Moor. And I just think, mm. I mean, oh, we haven't mentioned the green face of death yet, have we? I know, we The, the green yet. face of death? When Ian Brady had his first job interview, like before he killed anyone, he said, he said the green face of death appeared to him, which was like a sort of demon that sort of like 
ordered him to do the killing, unless he's like totally bullshit, and I don't know, but that's what he says. Like the green face of death appeared to him on the high street up north somewhere and said that, you know, he that was his destiny to kill people and it, and he'd be rewarded by the green face of death if he did it. But it sounds like bullshit to me, but that is something that is what he said. But and it's just these things echo, like we've said, like before, like Steve Strange and, um, uh, Woman out of the pretenders, they made a they made that really sick, sort of sick taste song called. Um, I'm trying to find like an appropriate term for uh, for what Ian Brady might be. Um, I wanted to say like a, a, a willing victim, um, because I, I do think he's a, a victim of um, her witchery. But I'm reading this bit here where uh, uh, where he was in Ashworth. Brady wrote a book called The Gates of Janus. Yeah, I've read that, yeah. He, um, it's crap. Oh, okay. Uh, he, <laughs> well, he says here... He's, he's, nice book he's, review. <laughs> he, makes, he, makes, he saw no point in making any kind of public apology. Instead, he expressed remorse for actions. And I get a feeling that they're probably what... Yeah, I mean, in, in numerous ways, he did do that. It's like, yeah, I... I don't live anymore. I, you know what I think it was? I think he was getting his jollies with Myra, and they were doing things to turn one another on, and it got more and more depraved. You know, it's basically like, yeah. oh, you know what would turn me really on, Ian? If she went and go and like got some children and then like raped and murdered them, I would have the best sex ever for you. And he probably just, for whatever reasons, went along with it. Yeah. They're just egging each other on, aren't they, in this sort of folly sort of thing, or just like a perverted relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's what people do. Well, exactly. I, I, I really do think it's a case of that they were pushing each other to more depraved depths. And uh, again, I believe Myra is, is the instigator in this. Yeah, I, I, I believe it as well, yeah. I mean, Brady was a nasty bit of work. But yeah, I mean, like I said, look at the mug shots. Like, Brady looks relatively normal compared to her. I mean, she just looks, she just looks fucking evil. That mug shot's like, something else, isn't it? That, yeah, that I mean, those fucking like. eyes. Look at her eyes, you know. But she looks fairly normal. Yeah, distant forces. Doesn't she? I mean, Brady was just like an elitist narcissist, really. I mean, he paid for, to have like Hitler speeches privately pressed on her LPs, vinyl LPs that he'd play at loud volume. But that's just like LARPing, isn't it? It's just like. Oh. According to Mr. 262, he says, Oh, the hosts sound American. Yeah, I'm from Minnesota. Yeah, definitely. I'm from uh, New England. I thought you were from Iowa. Where are you from, Zero? I'm from North. I'm from Norfolk. I am. <laughs> what? Not Norfolk, not New Virginia. Norfolk, Alabama. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, not today, NSA. So <laughs> <laughs> the chat saying he has A U T I S M. Autism. That's Tuesday. That's Tuesday. That's Tuesday material. 
I'll just say oh, like, oh yeah, that's a Tuesday thing. Yeah, I only put it on for Tuesdays. It's not a twenty four seven thing with me. I just find it sort of slightly curious. I mean, Peter Sutcliffe that we did last week. He was like a blunt sort of animalistic killing machine, wasn't he? But very incompetent because he only he wounded most of his victims. He didn't actually kill them. But the Moors murderers, they were something else, weren't they? I mean, they meticulously planned their killings. And there, there's something more hardcore there. There's something which I think is some sort of mind control programming. Or, but that's just what I typically think that. Well, yeah, but I mean, you're not wrong in that sense. But the 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 techniques is very easy. She she controlled his mind with her minge. Mm. It's just the satanic pussy, isn't it? It's just it yeah, I turns mean, people. One of the first sort of stories about the dangers of that was with Lilith and how Lilith would seduce Adam, and uh, oh. apparently that's where we get all the vampires from. Well, she refused to submit to Adam, didn't she? She wanted to be top dog, didn't she? And yeah, and stick her candle up his bum. <laughs> yeah, what do you say? That? Like, I was just looking at. Hell, I was just looking at that you, on my notes. <laughs> how the hell can you turn that round to make out it's like a power move from Brady? It's a real power move for you to stick this at my ass. <laughs> a candle. It's oh, the most yeah, desperate I, kind I of fucking to, reaching to, uh, I can think of. I used to tie him up, whip him, and he'd say, he'd say, thank you, mistress. And it was all because I was doing it for his sick, perverted pleasure. <laughs> I find it odd, because they had fucking guns, didn't they? Like, him and her, they had, like, pretty heavy guns. Like, I don't know what the gun laws were back then, but apparently that was le they legally owned uh, these sort of, like, blunderbusses or these... Yeah, Cap revolt. Capstan's the man you need to ask about that. We yeah. we had apparently we our, our gun our gun laws were just as kind of very similar, if not better, than the Yanks for quite a long time. Yeah, up until the nineteen ninety six when um, that very strange uh, pedo, the one that was friends with Jimmy Savile allegedly, uh, did the thing with Dan Blaine. Yeah, him and Michael Ryan and Hungerford. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I can't even it, remember the name of the attacker. It's it's one of those things. I, I don't. What was his name? Shall we uh, carry on with this thing? Are, are we done with I it yet? Yeah. I'm done with Myra Hindley. In conclusion, if you if you've been watching, I just tuned in to the chat right now. Myra Hindley was an absolute cunt. Ian Brady was a bastard, and uh, Myra Hindley made him do it. I've just got a sort of, sort of note here. It says that Ian Brady wanted Hector Berlioz's The Symphony Fantastique, Dream of the Night of the Sabbath, played during his cremation. Brady asked for the fifth movement to be played, which concerns yes. an, an artist Five constantly haunted. Five that number. The fifth again, yeah. He wanted to play the fifth movement play, which concerns an artist constantly haunted by the vision of the perfect, unattainable woman which supposedly echoes the composer's own obsessive love for a woman who ignored him, who becomes a whore and is cast into hell. So that's a kind of curious choice he wanted for his uh, cremation. He sort of tried to tell us something there. That can I, um, she can, was the master. Can I jump ahead or jump back here? Because there's, a, I think, salient information here. 
And it says, this is from As Murderers section in, in the Wikipedia. Uh, Hendley claims that Brady, because she would do, that Brady began to talk about committing the perfect murder in July 1963 and often spoke to her about Mayor Levin's, oh gosh, Boy, uh, Mayor Levin compulsion, yeah, uh, published as a novel in 1956 and adapted for cinema in 1959. The story tells a fictionalized account of Leopold and Loeb case. So Nathan Frodenfall, Leopold Jr., and Richard Albert Loeb uh, were two wealthy students. Oh, Loeb? Loeb. Uh, okay, well, I, I, I pronounce it how I spells it, Loeb. <laughs> um, but they, they, um, they kidnapped and murdered 14-year-old Bobby Franks in Chicago. Oh, sounds like nice guys. I wonder if they knew Leo Frank. <laughs> you know the story about Leo Frank. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, mm. yeah. So are we? Uh, got, I've, cause I've got some content to do. Um, some of some of Brady's mates in jail. <laughs> he had, he had. Uh, was it? Was it? Bra yeah, I think it was Brady's mate. He was mates with. I don't know. You ever heard of the teacup poisoner, Hobbit? Graham Young. No, no. Uh, basically, what happened was um, he got quite into a chemical called antim antim antimony, and he quite and he quite liked uh, put putting it in his family's tea. So anyway, the, the, oh okay. So anyway, he kills. I think he killed one of his family, didn't he? So there, so then he Maybe goes to prison. So then he goes to prison. But what happens is they go. Yeah, he seems like a good lad. Let's let him out again. So then, so then they, they cause it, so then they send him to another place, a, a photographic laboratory, where where then he gets tea duties, and, and then seven <laughs> pe poisons seven people. Oh, what are the chances of that happening? Uh, so so it says so it says on uh, Graham Young's. There's a film about it called The Young Poisoner's Handbook. That's quite amusing. While in prison, he befriended ser fellow serial killer Moore's murderer Ian Brady, who, with whom he shared, shared a fascination with Nazi Germany. In his books, The Gates of Janus, published by Feral House, ba Brady wrote, It was hard not to have empathy for Graham Young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a load of wank, that Gates of Janus. I did buy Is the it? hardbacks for that. Yeah, it's just him like waffling on, like. He's like he's a, one of those gates of Janus, like, gates of anus, more gates, like gates of anus. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like one of those twats. He's like really long words to try to make him sound intelligent, sort of thing. You know, the, the like, gates, the gates of anus. Me, me, Myra, and a candle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So this is this is this is one that the, the, the missus actually found some content for me tonight. This is this is from when uh, when the Ripper from last week and uh, Peter Sutcliffe were uh, in prison together. He thought he was the bee's knees. That he, I thought he was just an idiot. Do you reckon there's some sort of serial killer hierarchy? It's like he thinks he's fucking better than me because. Of... Yeah, <laughs> uh, Peter Sutcliffe oh, and Ian Brady done five murders. <laughs> yeah, he's only the fucking amateur. <laughs> Peter Sutcliffe and Ian Brady served part of their time at HMP Wormwood Scrubs. Sutcliffe is said to have told a friend that Brady was a bad loser at chess. <laughs> <laughs> I 
just love to think of serial killers being so petty. It's fucking awesome, isn't it? He came to hate the Moore's murder and dubbing him as a snob, according to a friend. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, I mean, you've got to imagine these people have got a few screws loose. I mean, you don't murder people normally. And uh, so they'd be like, oh, I really don't like the way he breathes. It's kind of like like the banality of evil, though, isn't it? Yeah. You can imagine them all getting them together and go, he thinks he's better than us, he does, you know, that Brady, you know, it's like, it's just <laughs> mental. Sutcliffe, Sutcliffe and Savile. <laughs> well, I've got some satanic stuff here, like, when Brady did one of his killings, he thrust his fist up to God and bellowed, take that, you bastard. And, like, that's a, like a, that's a bit of a larpy thing to say. And when they were actually sentenced when they were actually jailed for life that was on the 6th of may 1966 so you got the 666 at the start and the end of the date and you add up the individual no i don't want to go on numerology on you but if you add up the individual digits of the 6th of may 1966 it adds to 33 that bloody 33 that keeps cropping up so you know beyond all the sort of craziness there's this sort of horrible satanic stuff going on behind all this, I think. And yeah, because my... didn't you say there was a link between the Moors murderers and and uh, the the Ripper? Because that that's why we did these two episodes together, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't bloody remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Well, I just I just think they're all part of this cult. I think they all like knew each other. And they're just part of this cult. And what we what we get told is just like like mainstream TV stuff, isn't it? It's like the BBC bloody doctored version of it, isn't it? I mean, I think there is this cult who, who like get off on this sort of stuff, and it's all that's why that's why this paedophile sort of stuff is like it's, it's not being done, is it? This sort of like high level paedophile investigation. I mean, what's happened to that? has been stomped on because they're all part of this bloody cult. I think. Well, I even heard someone say that, uh, oh, uh, the, the, the Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein, the evidence came out about him. We're doing the Corbyn pronunciation now. Well, <laughs> Corbyn knows how to, how to properly pronounce his name, so I'll, I'll defer to the expert on anti-Semitism on this one. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to use any of your drops, then um, go ahead. No, I don't. Uh, I don't. Do, I don't do drops on this show. Drops are cheap. Oh, do you not? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, some some evidence came out about Epstein, and uh, therefore we had. Uh, so it was just like America killed an Iranian general, and then Iranians blew up a base which the Americans. Evacuated already. And well, I'll tell you what, if, you, that... if you want to get if you want to go in for a conspiracy theory, I have a conspiracy theory that I've come come completely up on my own. I've come I've come completely up, up with this my own. I haven't read it anywhere or anything like that. So my, if my also th- starts my... repeating it, we know where he's got it from. Yeah, exactly. Um so my my theory is this. Right, so so you have the American the Americans kill this general, it's supposed to be World War Three's happening, yeah. Iranians fire a few rockets over, kill apparently nobody. They killed between Mm. nobody and 80, didn't they? Okay, so they killed some people. Not a massive response. 
Uh, yeah. My my theory is this: What if the Iranians wanted that? Because you saw how you saw how proper uh, how popular that general was, didn't you? The masses in the streets, all that kind of stuff. What if the, mm. what if this general was threatening the Ayatollah and he wanted the Yanks to kill it, kill him for him? Uh, I mean, he, he could have been gotten too big for his britches, maybe. That's I what I, that's br- what I mean. So that so then you do a deal with the Yanks. To kill him, and you won't strike back too hard, and and there you go, job done. World War Three have all have averted, and you've you've got you've got what you want. Both both sides both sides look tough. Renew, renewed um, renewed popularity, etc., etc. It's just, it's just it's it's a complete and utter theory. I've got no evidence to back any of it up. And it, it pushes the oil prices up, doesn't it? Yeah. So like someone's making dollar on that. So. It's just it, it's it seems to be the it's the only thing that makes sense to me why, why the Iranian response would be so weak. But then that that Iranian plane's just crashed, in it in Ukraine like mysteriously and yeah, you know I mean, like I can't see why they'd do that deliberately. Why they'd want to take that, unless it was like some sort of warning or some sort of weird warning. Like I don't know sort of. I got some proper weird. I got some proper woo woo on the, the Moors murderers, but I don't want to sort of like, like, abruptly change the subject. But is there anything I else? Thought to say I thought on we'd that? finished. That's why I went into the Iranian yeah. stuff. <laughs> I thought you. I thought well, you'd run out of steam, or if you you got a second wind. No, I got. I, I got some. I got loads of woo woo here, but I don't want to sort of like do my sort of open university lecturer mode. But <laughs> <laughs> this guy. This is a guy, L.S.C. Taylor. Like, he says that, like, or what his main theory is that, like, ley lines pass through royal residences and places where, like, murdered children are found. And on the 5th of August 2004, he was driving his car near Sandringham Castle where he saw a white box van with a name on the side, but he couldn't remember the name on the side of this white box van. And then he saw another van, like another van, like of the same make and model coming towards him with a name on the front of it that he also couldn't remember. And then he said he had a weird missing time experience of two hours. And anyway, like late, like two years later in 2006, he was watching the two part British TV serial See No Evil about the Moors murderers. And like there's a scene in that where the sister of Myra Hindley crosses the road with a with a pram and a van comes past and then he realized that was the same van he saw near Sandringham Castle and it had Repco on the side of it like Repco as in reptilian company and he says that like when he like he bought the DVD version to to find it but that scene was taken out like that was shown on the TV broadcast but that was taken out of the DVD version and that's pretty bloody weird. Like, what can you say? I don't know. I mean, certainly interesting, know. isn't it? Yeah, that's a bit odd. I've, I haven't seen. I, I do. I, I do believe. I, I haven't seen the actual DVD version, but I'm sure he's telling the truth. An is existential that, exercise. That's what that, the Moors murder. Is that your own bit of woo-woo, or do you have some more woo-woo for us? 
Uh, I've probably got a lot of woo woo if I can scroll down. Hang on, hang on. I thought we were supposed to be polite on this show. <laughs> we are polite. <laughs> <laughs> Well, woo-woo woo is an endearing term. Isn't Zero, it? Zero's taking it back. Woo-woo is our term. I own woo-woo. Oh. I own it. It's I, just, I remember look, five years. I mean, I, I, don't mm. get me wrong, I was listening to some of this. Um, just sort of like ch just sort of checking in because I, I vowed that I, I wouldn't be doing sort of the, the main <laughs> podcast anymore, but this one doesn't count, and I've got to make sure Hemingford doesn't do anything stupid again. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I've got to, I've got to like phone his missus twenty times and make sure he hasn't like she's put him in the recovery position and you know Don't phone worry, the that, fire brigade. That was enough. That was enough. Uh, so uh, that that's all right. Um, uh, what I was, was going to ask you we were talking about the availability of guns which would have been during the Moors murders which was like um, early to mid 60s uh, if, I, if I remember correctly it was a blunderbuss wasn't it well they had revolvers and sort of like some pretty heavy rifles as well which I find rather strange Like that that sounds like it, that they probably would have been done for that or that they might have purchased that on the black market or it might have been some pre-registration of the 1968 firearms act would be my uh, would be my original. is there a possibility it was a, it was a war trophy though i mean or, or was it just pistols that, that a blunderbuss uh, well if if i'm honest if it's a revolver it was probably an old webley kicking around from the second world war yeah um yeah, uh, yeah. Well, if How is honest, everyone? Just by the way, me. because uh, yeah, it's been a been a been a weird few weeks. I, I, I want to I want to pick on that term. If you're honest, if you're lying, what what would your speculation be if you're lying about where that revolver came from? Sorry, I don't understand the question. No, right, okay. You you started off the phrase with if I was honest. If it's a revolver, it's more likely a Webley surplus from World War Two. Mm -hmm. So, if you weren't being honest and were to speculate, <laughs> where would that revolver come from? Oh dear God! Um, um, Entertain where, where, me, please. Where would it come from? Um, a dodgy armorer who probably supplied guns to the IRA. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. I was going to suggest that um, oh. King Arthur had a cache of revolvers. And people are like, well, that's a bit of a head scratcher. Why would uh, King Arthur have firearms? Mm. Fucking what, Samuel yeah. Colt realised that his patent was uh, was outdated by nine hundred years. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, King <laughs> Arthur of Albion had prior art. Uh, sorry, more like nineteen hundred years, but, but yes. Well, um, well, well, well army issue then. Webley's were army issue. Yeah. Yeah, yes, they were. They, they oh. were on arm, army issues since what the early oh. 1900s. Before that, officers usually provided their own sidearms and such like. Well, it was I, also I was, just, I was do... just wondering because they said it was a if if it was quite a heavy gun, could it have been like a Bren gun or something like that? Uh, no, they had rifles. That was a rifle. They had they had a rifle and two revolvers. Oh, that probably would have been a First World War weapon yeah. then, wouldn't it? Um. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, again, you have to keep in mind that the British Army was using the, essentially the same rifle and ammunition with a few variations from about sort of 18 or 1880 to like 1954. So that'd be it like was the, the same was it the bolt action Enfield, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, it started off as the the, the Lee Metford, the Mark One Lee Metford, uh, which was still using cordite ammunition, round tip nose uh, sort of ammunition, and that was was sort of loaded without slipper stripper clips just from the top. And then the the ammunition was changed, and the rifling was changed from Metford rifling to Enfield rifling. Um, is that the rifle they used in um, Zulu? Because they were talking about the Henry four five four caliber on that. Uh, no, that's the rifle that they're referring to uh, in 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 Zulu was the the Martini Henry, um, which I said four four five four. Four five four Martini. I thought it was a, it was it was a, it was bigger than that, but that might just be me being silly. Um, again, it's they were that was uh, that was back prior to the adoption of the of the Lee Metford, um, but that in itself was an upgrade from the Schneider that had been hastily converted from um, uh, percussion cap uh, percussion um, percussion rifles uh, prior to that. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that. That was uh, that was then. Uh, yeah, but in terms of the timeline, if it was a rifle and a couple of revolvers, uh, my first instinct would be army surplus from probably prior to. I don't the know. They look like air rifles. I've just I've just found the photos. They look more like air rifles than actual rifles. Uh, interesting than hours, than lads. Bolt action. Interesting yeah, hours. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, they they go up on. They'd go up, they'd take these guns up to Saddleworth Moor and just do target practice, you know, as if, like, that's just like a day out. Day There's out one that looks like... What's, what's that, like, wild where you cock it by pulling the trigger down? There's one that looks like that. Ah, uh, Hemi's gone weird. I think we lost Hemi. Oh, oh. Hold on a sec. Oh, dear. Uh... Uh, is that better? There are two hobbits I'm in back. chat. I'm back. It says you're non-optimal, wherever that is. <laughs> we your, knew that already. That's a your connection is non-optimal. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, so I'm, I'm the real hobbit. Oh, I'm saying I'm full now. Oh, I'm you, back. You've gone up to 120 kilobytes. No, you're good now. <laughs> no, what I, was, what I was saying is there's one of those, you know, like the Wild West, West rifles where they like cock it by pulling like the trigger. The Wild West rifles. I assume some form of lever action lever action rifle. That's what like I mean. You know, how you cock it by something. pulling like the trigger thing down. There's a picture There's a picture online with with one of them, with Brady holding one of those. Hmm. Yeah, because... Uh, what, it... with, a, with a lever action, what, repeater? Yeah. Because the, the rifles mm. in too. I mean, when when did Sulu happen? Was it eighteen nineties? They, they oh no! Before. I mean, we're talking. We're talking. No, eighteen nineties would have been the Boer War, and probably one one of the this maybe the second Zulu War. Um, the Martini Henry that would have been eighteen seventies. Uh, okay. Well, repeating rifles were around in the eighteen seventies. I guess the the uh, Royal Army was a bit slow on the uptake because they, you know were a bit dubious, um, conservative. Uh, it, oh, there, there's some features to this, uh, and I'm going to ask Gray because it's his show. This is going to take me at least three minutes to explain. <laughs> yeah, no problem. We can go. We're, we're, yeah, we're only just on two hours anyway. So. Okay, right. So I'm going to try and hit all the salient points. Uh, yes, lever-action rifles did exist in the 1860s. Uh, yes, they were used in the later part of the American Civil War. Um, however, what you have to keep in mind is that those rifles, uh, especially with uh, 
um, the early patterns of those, uh, the 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 loaded the the ammunition um, in in the rifles was an awful lot less powerful than full powered rifle cartridges of the era, and whilst they could shoot very quickly, uh, they were incredibly expensive guns. Uh, in, uh, these are the laser guns of the of of, of the eighteen sixties. They're but incredibly it's the cutting expensive. edge of technology. Uh, yes, inc incredibly expensive. Um, the ammunition burned through incredibly quickly. Um, they were also very prone to malfunctions, breaking, dirt getting in the magazine, uh, the tube magazine, because the original ones that were made were an open magazine. They weren't a closed system. Um, so because they were expensive and underpowered and, you know, had to be maintained by specialists and burned through ammunition at a rate of knots, is that for the uh, for the most part they didn't see um there's a link to widespread the picture of military with a lever action in i think it's a lever action in the chat the, the picture's not the best if you look in the um, side chat that's a picture of him with that gun uh, hang on a minute where's the side chat uh fuck. yeah that's the sort of thing i wonder why they never had pump action rifles because the pump action shotgun still remains a popular mechanism to this day well, in, t in terms and then of the other uh, one looks like an air, and then the second one I've put in looks like an air rifle to me. All right, let's have a look at the second one. Uh... Is that Myra Henley wearing a riding cap? Yeah. Mm. Oh, chat, we're, we're looking at some images here and uh, of examples of lever action rifles, and one of the shooters looks like Myra Henley. Right. So, um, the 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 first picture that you've posted. Uh, that's not a lever action rifle. That's a that looks to me like a rolling block action, um, which is a uh, quite an old um, design uh, of rifle. It's just a, a single shot thing, where you'd use a lever, but there's uh, there is a particular type of action on the back, where the, essentially the back of the chamber moves down with the bottom of the lever. Yeah. Um, so that looks like, especially if it was in an obsolete cartridge. Um, wouldn't have required a license even today because it would have probably come under Section 57. Yeah. Fucking CSI, <laughs> 14 words here. <laughs> and the second one, I'm looking at that, and if I'm honest, I don't think I can quite convince myself that's an air rifle. I don't know, oh, wait, you, so... you can see kind of down the barrel, and the barrel looks quite small, doesn't it? Where, where you're, where you're the, showing... Unless it's just the 2-2. Two, two. I didn't realise these images you're showing. The title is called 17 Best Images About the Moors Murders." Oh, so that one that looked like Myra Hindley probably was Myra. Hindley. Yeah, that was it. Scroll up again. Yeah, and that's that's the one. I just put Moors. I just googled Moors murderers with guns, and then that's what came out. Yeah, yeah. So that that is Myra Hindley with a gun. Oh god, I thought I was being clever. Then I was actually telling the truth. Oh, how about this other picture here? Hold on a sec. Oh. All the ones with that one that looks like a rifle, they're all blurry. <laughs> well, they're not the best photographers, are they? Yeah, a bit shaky. Oh, oh Myra's yeah. a bit shaky, isn't she? She's got the shakes. Mm. Uh, that third picture, have a look at that one, uh, Captain. Although I think it's just as inconclusive as the last one. No, that's an air rifle. Yeah, yeah it looks a bit I've looks convinced like myself. Like no, that's yeah. an air. That's... Uh, I, can't, that I don't the, know the make and model, but. That was it looks like some old super sport. 
Yeah. That looks like the air rifles you get at shooting galleries at the fair. Yeah. You know what's annoying about that? I've I've always all, all the ones I've been to in the UK, they, they they all just put corks in and the muzzle. And you can't shoot for shit with a cork, but That's I've been idea. to uh well yeah, I know, but I've been to no, I guess that's the problem. I mean, I've been to shooting galleries in other countries in Europe where they actually give you pellets, and it's a lot more fun when you use the actual projectile intended for that yeah. for that weapon. Some of the some of the earlier some of the earlier rifles, like before they brought in this faggot like limiter on it. I mean, they were pretty nasty, you know. I mean, Did you know the Austrians used an air rifle? Yes. It, yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Field it for, for a field in, in combat. They had, they called Windbush them Windbusch Windbush Jägers, thank you. Um, yeah. Where basically this thing back in the 1700s uh, used a, uh, an air tank on the back of it and had a, a, a 20, a, literally a 20 bullet, and I use that in the correct terminology, 20 bullet magazine well the original is... slingshots the roman um uh what's the name i think they call them funditores unless someone in the chat can correct me but the the slingshot auxiliaries the romans used uh they yeah you can use rocks but rocks are unpredictable because they're not all the same weight so they would make lead bullets to go in a slingshot and they'd have thicker and smaller ones based on what sort of range they wanted to do Likewise with the javelin auxiliaries and the peeler, they'd have a, a light peeler for the first volley, and they'd have a heavy peeler for the second volley. Yeah, we used to find like um, they they weren't lead; they were stone balls. When I, I used to like, I, I used to have a job planting marin grass along the Norfolk coast, and we used to find like I find a couple of like um, sort of stone balls, like shaped. S spherical stone balls. I, I, I imagine that was something yeah. like that. So. Well, I mean, the the, the early ca uh, the early cannon and bombards they would use uh, shaped uh, stone balls because uh, they were used at the same time concurrently with the trebuchet, and trebuchets would employ stone masons to uh, make uh, stone balls yeah. for them because a, a stone ball flies truer. Than an irregular lump of stone. Mm. Wikipedia yeah. recommends that after I read about Moore's murders, I could I might be interested in the article about frill killing. Oh, I've, I've just I've literally just That's found a cheery it. subject. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. What well, well, sort of just... sums up my theory about it. It's just they... Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh. Uh, yeah, I've literally just found an, uh, an article from the Daily Star where it says Moore's murders Jimmy Savile part of pedo ring with Ian Brady and Murray Henley. What's nice. that? Well, who else was involved with that then? Uh, hold on a sec. Oh, Cyril, Cyril Smith. I reckon Cyril Smith was part. Was of he it. in the right area? Are you putting your hand up, Hobbit? He was, uh, yeah, I am. I, I noticed there's a good thing in it. You can put your hand up. <laughs> I just, I've just oh, put, I've just put Mr. Hemi. I've just put the link to the article, um, in the chat, in the side chat. <laughs> oh, God, Mr. Hemi, do I have permission to speak? Permission <laughs> <laughs> to speak. Uh, well, so, yeah, well, before, they arrest, before they were arrested in 1965, Savile ran the BBC studios from Manchester's Dickinson Road, where Top of the Pots was filmed, and has been accused of meeting with Brandy and Hindley to buy indecent images of children. 
Oh my god, I don't want to look at another picture of Jimmy Savile. Skim by it. Uh, someone called Erica Gregory, who's who devoted years of her life investigating the Moors murders, believe they even formed a twisted paedophile ring. Well, like I say, yeah. I think that was, yeah. Cyril Smith, he was probably like the ringleader, wasn't he? He was like the sort of head the head wizard, weren't he? Like, and they're all so, bloody, uh, this is a weird quote. Alongside David Smith, Brady was selling photographs of children to make money at this time. I believe Savile could have been one of his customers. So she directly fingers David Smith, doesn't she? Yeah. Without a candlestick. Yeah, I've, I've seen like... <laughs> Hey, Sk Skuggy Squidge says Fundy Tories is correct. Uh, the, the, the Roman slingers are called that. I was thinking, are they called Velites or is it Fundy Tories? Fucking hell. How about this one? In, 24 in 2014, Dan Davis noticed, noticed, noted that Savile chillingly replied, I am the Myra Hindley story when asked on his opinion of it. Yeah. Well, there you go. They they were bum buddies. Yeah. Or wax candle bundy, uh, buddies, I should say. <laughs> wax candle buddies. <laughs> but maybe they had a shared an interest in canal pushing. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, also, well, also, Brady had spent time at Broadmoor, hadn't he? Um, a haunt of uh, Jimmy Boy. By the way, I don't know guys in the YouTube chat, um, because I think considering we're talking about serial killers now, on Tuesday's show we were talking about the canal pusher and he's being caught. Um, I posted in the 14 times Wait, he's, uh, he's Telegram. Not, that was a theory that he was the canal pusher. He wasn't actually, he wasn't definitely, definitively the canal pusher. Oh, okay. A, a, okay. The alleged canal pusher, allegedly. Not even pushing... alleged, the possible canal pusher. Oh, it was okay. just well, it was only a theory you know. it was only a theory though they hadn't actually linked him to it. Oh fair enough then. But I, I posted a video by um Irish gobshite Thomas Sheridan about uh the canal pusher. He did a video on it in two thousand and fifteen, so I just thought that'll be pertinent for people subscribed to fourteen yeah. and fourteen words. Yeah, so, I watched that, yeah, it's an interesting, yeah. But just to have... say like that. The canal pusher, that that guy, he comes from a very rich family from Indonesia or whatever. So there you go. I mean, they're all at it. You know, these these elite rich families. I think they're part of an international cult of nonces and child sacrifices. If we didn't know better, I'd say that the richer someone is, the more likely they are to be ruthless and have that killer instinct. Mm. And I think the killer instinct is not a metaphor. I think they breed it into them as children. I think they give them pets and then they kill the pet in front of them, don't they? To sort of do you, do you toughen that, them up. Do you think that's you what know? the sending to board, boarding school is really all about? It's yeah. About, it's about desensitizing oh, I mean, them. Toughens them up, doesn't it? Like gets I mean, uh, uh, Jimmy Savile. Uh, David Dyke wrote in his book about um, Prince Charles being buggered in boarding school and the yeah. abuse he suffered there was to toughen him up and make him a man. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't like to quote Jordan Peterson, but this, this is actually a pretty good thing of his. He said, he said there've been experiments on mice where, where they've taken the, uh, the mother away from the mice, and, and they've said that the, that the problems that it causes last generations. So maybe that's why they send the kids to boarding school as soon as they can walk, basically. Yeah. Well, well, what happens when when your kids sent to boarding school? They're immediately thrust into this hierarchical thing of bullying and probably bumming as yeah. well like sort of submissive but submissive dominant bumming and yeah i mean that's 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 what they're all that's what they're all trained as isn't it and so, you go through that you go through that 
that that system, you're going to be pissed off, aren't you? So you're going to be yeah. you're going to take it out on the poor, aren't you? When you get, but you're also the, going to be desensitised because you've had to get yeah. get through get through your school years, haven't you? Speaking, yeah. Speaking of this, speaking of being desensitised, gents, right? Do you think that also relates to circumcision? That it is a form of almost sexual torture in order to take away the most intimate part of you. Well, it's trauma-based mind yeah. control. Isn't it? I, don't, I hate mm. using that word, mind control. If, if a young child is like... Really well, it is, yeah. Mm. The same... I mean, it, I think it, a circumcised man is going to foster very negative feelings towards women, I think. And like... Because it's like he can't he can't pleasure it's not he can't pleasure a woman but he can't pleasure himself in the act of sex so I think that sort of twisted oh, that okay. twists their mind. Oh, Cashthorn makes a good point in the in in the chat. He said yes, Roch, Rochdale is just up the road from Saddleworth. Yeah, mm. that's like I say when, when these like uh, say there is this elite cult or doing like a weird magic black magic stuff and that you, when you do stuff like that like synchronicities. <laughs> Just seem to like that just appears as a kind of echo of it or a side effect of it. And look at Hyde, you know, like we've said it before Hyde, like you got Harold Shipman, the doctor of death, he lived in Hyde, and the Moors murderers lived in Hyde as well. And you got like Jekyll and Hyde. Hyde is the evil shadow twin of the good Dr. Jekyll. And I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm really sorry to have, have to laugh at that, but fucking ENA's just put in the chat. Leave our foreskins alone, and all I can think of is Pink Floyd. Leave our foreskins alone. Do 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 do. Bo bo do bo 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 do. Hey Rabbi, leave that kid alone. Fucking barbaric. I know. He's just sitting there. Like, fucking all in all, you're just a you know. Yeah. Has anybody watched the uh, the Wicker Man recently? When they go to the local shop, there's a jar of foreskins on the on the counter. In there. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Jesus Christ! That's, that's what I read the other day. It's like if I if I went up to some some kid and like chopped his foreskin off, I'd be put in jail. <laughs> but like somehow they, these religious people, they get like uh. a. I was going to say, it, you, you'd probably be lauded as brave and progressive and help well, yeah. uh, her tra trans transition into a woman. But if you did that to a, to a woman and, you know, you started circumcising her, then you'd be a monster and evil and need to be deported to Somalia. Right, so now we've gone quite wildly wrong. off the path of the Moors murderers. Do we have any, any other business regarding the Moors murderers? Um... Well, where's Myra Hindley? Her ashes have been discarded somewhere. I was going to say, is there a place I can go and piss? Uh, uh, let's have a look. No, no they're all like they were all Brady and Hindley were both cremated, and their ashes. Were just, no, how one I, knows, no one knows where their ashes. Were how scattered. ironic! The bitch died of a heart attack. Oh, I thought it was constrictive pulmonary failure. She smoked forty a day. How can you afford a forty a day habit when you're in prison, only fifty p a day? Quite easy when you let it off with a prison wall, prison guard, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's no mention of ashes. I'd say don't if you go on if you go on Saddleworth. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on a minute. Trivia. In two thousand and one, Hindley was on the cover of Attitude. I don't know if you know what Attitude is, but it's a gay magazine. 
Interesting. Go. Yeah. I just say, if you're ever on Saddleworth Moor, don't take any magic mushrooms. Right. Oh, they've got oh, the, the lyrics including including uh, Hindley are in are in the, are in a Wikipedia. You're the most perfect woman this side of Myra Hindley. David E. Williams, the pub medical crust. It's Myra Hindley on the cover, your very own sweet auntie mother, which is by Crass Mother Earth. You better watch out, Brady. I'm going to have your lady just because I want her, just because I can get her, and you can't, so pogo on that, you twat. That's from the Brass Eye TV series spoof. Myra Hindley and Ian Brady, those who have got nothing on my old lady, is a coldy-looking Jane lyric. <laughs> and then the and then the classic, God save Myra Hindley, God save Ian Brady, even though he's horrible and she ain't what you call a lady. Yeah. That's a Sex Pistols, though, and he's innocent. Uh, Hindley wakes and Hindley says, Hindley wakes and Hindley wakes, Hindley wakes and says, oh, wherever is he gone, I have gone. The Smiths suffer little children. Uh, and then there's Sutcliffe, Sutcliffe Juggins, Queen Myra, and King Ian tracks on their ten cassette box selection collection. We spit on their graves. Uh, Throbbing uh, gristles, very friendly as well. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. Uh, what else? Kill yet, kill Yeltsin. Who's saying? Zirinovsky, Le Pen, Hindley and Brady, Ireland, Alex Sutcliffe, Dharma Nielsen, Yoshinori Ueda, Blanche and. Blanche and Pickles, Amin Milosevic, give them respect they deserve. That is from the Manic Street Peaches Archives of Pain. Marco's, Marco Coletti Spaghetti wants to come on. I don't know if you got the link. But... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be closing up here. Or... Oh, well, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was trying to. Half but... an hour or so, you know. No, we, can't, we, can't, we have gone long before. Uh, Marco, it's in your... No, that's not it. That's not even slightly it, that's a well, that's cool. Marco, I'm gonna uh, send it he to you. But... Tell him I'm gonna send it Hello, to Hello, I'm here again. I was just gonna Check say your telegram, uh, Marco. Scuggy. What, yeah, what I don't know. To... It's like I'm I'm see I'm sort of like um I feel like the token weirdo here where like it's like I've researched this sort of like weird Kabbalistic stuff for years and I sort of know it's true, but the trouble is the moment you start talking about it, you just sound like a total fucking nutcase. But like I say, there's lots of there's lots of Well as as I say as I say to you every every week, Zero, it doesn't matter whether whether you believe it or not, they believe yeah, it. That's what matters. Exactly. And that's all that fucking matters, the fact that they believe it. Yeah. But the thing is, what they believe is a true underpinning of reality because um, numbers, structure, numbers and words structure reality. I mean, how could we live without numbers and words? They do structure reality. So if you can merge them together in a sort of spell with all these numbers and words, which mean a certain well, symbolic thing. I mean, zero. If you what they do. Zero. If you consider... But yeah, it's hard to talk about it. I'm... Oh, Stop white cucking, you gay fucker. It's, it's Don't right. me. Eat shit. Hello. Right. No. Yeah, but you're you're a, a confirmed skeptic, skeptic, though, Capstan. You can't. You can't. Yeah, but the, of, like... the problem is, what you have to keep in mind is, I am going to throw you a bone here, mate. Okay. Oh, this is. My, I don't this mind is my... skeptics. Hi there. No, fuck I you. Welcome, I welcome it. Oh, you can hear me. That's good. Hamilton? <laughs> Everyone's gone. 
Oh, God. Oh, he's still here. I don't know. So five, who's this? That's nice. I wanted to say something. No, I understand. I understand the sceptical point of view. Can Zero not hear me? No, I hope he can't. Oh, this is annoying. There was five people in. Who was that fifth mysterious person who just joined? Marco tried to join, but he couldn't. Right, who can hear me? I can hear you. Right, okay. Hobbit, can you hear Zero? I can hear Zero. Zero, can you hear no, Hobbit? I think they've gone. I can't hear Hobbit or Hemi. Right, okay, oh, so... Okay. Can, can you okay. hear me now? Right, yeah. so I thought people were talking over each other. So, Zero, you can't hear Hobbit, and I can't hear Hemingford, and it's all gone to shit. That's <laughs> all right. usual. Okay. Well, that's a wrap, then. Join us no, next I know week. Where come, we'll be... I know where sceptics are coming from. It's just like, like I say, it's hard. To, it's like, if I spent, like, 40 years, like like um re re what's the word like remaking a sort of classic car and then someone comes along and say like oh classic cars are shit or i don't believe in classic cars you know what i mean it's like i've spent like 40 years researching this stuff but but you know someone comes along and say oh, it's all a load of bollocks <laughs> sort of like i respect that view but it's just like well i mean my view is just as valid as everyone no else. no no what you have to you have to keep in mind is that i've never said that it was all a load of bollocks when i say i remain skeptical that's because that's become sort of a synonym in in these circles yeah for um oh yeah do you you think i'm talking crap as opposed to no no i remain skeptical but present your case and evidence yeah weigh it up and then we'll go from there yeah because you get to be quite honest I, the way that i always uh, think about this is all of the shit that happened in the second world war the things that soe and the the yeah. various security services got up to and considered in various documents you know even the things they carried out operation mincemeat anyone for example that actually happened you oh. know that, that that were done during wartime as an attempt to screw over the the um the axis you know if, well, if that's they, what they were doing in the forties, what are they doing now? Yeah. So, oh, well, you know. well, they employed stage magicians, didn't they? The SOE in the Second World War. I mean, mm. they, they employed stage magicians to like do this like uh, sleight of hand sort of thing, where the Germans thought we had like loads of tanks, but they're all inflatable rubber tanks and all this stuff, and they used mirrors and things like that. And, yeah, I th I just think like this world is structured as, as a pyramid system. And like the higher you go, the weirder it gets. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's stuff like even I wouldn't believe, which they are probably doing. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, as I said, in terms of of uh, uh, David Ike and, and and all that, I mean, what I, what I would say to it is some of what he says, right, is very much like on the ball. Um, the problem is it seems to be obscured by some really quite far-fetched nonsense. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm wondering... It's, um... very, it's very odd, isn't it? Mm. It's just... And, like, David Icke lives on the Isle of Man, which has, like, about seven fruits on the temples. So, like, he probably buys his sausages off the Illuminati. <laughs> you know, he, he makes his money, like, slagging off the Illuminati, but he probably gets his car fixed by the Illuminati. You know, it's just... It's crazy, isn't it? 
I, it's just, you, you know, you, you think about it and, it, it, you know, you, you think, yeah, just, just buying some milk, Illuminati milk, full fat yeah. or I'm something. I'm not talking. You know. Can you hear me now, Zero? But, oh, I mean, these, these fuckers do oh, rape no. children and they do sacrifice children. And I think they do it to appease these ancient Babylonian gods. Like, I mean, that was going on in the Babylonian times, so I don't they see do any reason why power. that would stop. I think that would just carry on, and they're still doing it today, like, for some weird reason. I don't know why they do it. Maybe to get money or power or something. Well, one of the simply capstone converts to him. Well, this is no good. Reasons. The bloody host is gone. Right, okay, I'd like I'm to here. point I'm out I'm here, but Zero no one can hear me. Can you, can you tell, talk, but because can you tell you Zero I'm going to wrap this up now? Um, sometimes you're, you're sort of cutting it, cutting him off. Oh, right, can right. you just uh, give it sort of 10 seconds so Hobbit can tell me something well, that I'm, I have to convey to you? I can't oh, hear him. So, Captain, uh, <laughs> convey <laughs> that the simplest thing in this is probably that now, they do it to gain power, wrong they, they do it for spells, Hobbit has asked me to tell you whatever that they Hobbit just did for magic and can everyone hear me urges. now? Who yeah. can hear me? Yeah, that's, a, that's that's that was the long and short of that. Yeah. Hello, Hemi. I can hear you. Well, why can't oh, right. I hear Hobbit? I can't hear anyone. I can't it, I, hear it's you. because I don't like Linux. We've got Laura Towler here, but I can't hear her either. <laughs> no, it's it's Laura Tal Talhead. I'm gonna go out and come in again. I think. Okay, that's probably the best bit. Can I, can everyone hear me now? Can anyone, everyone that's in here hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Hemi. It's like why do they, you why hear do me? Streams Hello. Go weird Hello. after about two hours. Yeah, I can hear. I can hear you. Hello, Laura Towler. Head, 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 Laura head, for head. fuck's sake. Sorry, sorry. Jesus, I'm getting you mixed up with Myra Why Hindley. does Laura Towler always copy on my fucking live streams? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's terrible, isn't it? Why? Why does everyone have to be so mean? Oh no! Oh dear! Oh, Hello, me. can anyone hear me? I can hear Hello. you, you and Hobbit now, but I can't hear Hermy. Can you hear me? Or, can you hear me now, Zero? I can hear. I can hear you. Yeah. yeah. But Laura Towelhead is here. I can't hear her. Hello, that's, hello. That's because he's not hello? talking. Can you hear me, mate? Yeah, I, I, I can, can hear you. Yeah. Oh, Laura. Laura. Right, so so we can carry it. Oh, so we can. So yeah. we can Hello, everybody. So I'm Laura Towler. <laughs> I'd love to talk about. The gang's all here. <laughs> I am an evil man, and I'm going to hell. But uh, no, you're not going to hell. Yeah, I've me. missed this, lads. I've been doing lots of productive shit. Yeah, you want to stop doing that? <sighs> you to stop doing that. It's gay. I've kind of, can I just say for the record that although I'm interested in the occult and things like that, I'm not one of these twats who like wear like pewter pentagrams and has a goatee and a shaved head. <laughs> oh, like, shit. That's, 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 like... that's how I managed <laughs> no. you. You spoke the vision. That's like miles away from... I'm just a geezer, you know. It's like that's, that shit's miles away from me, I thought. Because they they're all bullied at school. All these people with a pentagram. You know, like, they'd have been they'd have been traffic wardens. That's about half our had... that's about half our audience got now. Zero, you just insulting them all. <laughs> no, I mean, 
you know, you either become a traffic warden or you buy a book by Alastair Crowley and become a bloody <laughs> occultist, isn't it? It's just like... <laughs> do you think it's childhood bullying displacement, do you, to get your own back on the book? A lot of it is, yeah. I have to say, a lot of it is, yeah. Oh, dear. So, are we ready to wrap up? No, I think we've... Uh... Well, Laura, Laura Towelhead's here. I don't know what if she wants to say anything. <laughs> She's moving herself. But... Uh, I guess go to the Grub and Glory Highlights channel. Yeah, we if know. You don't want to sit through. Uh, uh, if you don't want to sit through Hemi's fucking constant soundtracks or Hobbit's tangents or uh, Geralt's Willy posting, then head to the channel <laughs> for the hot takes. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna 